that's right. It's your favorite edition of Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. It is their favorite edition. It is. It is. So they've said, according to they, whoever they might be, it is their favorite edition of Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. The telephone number here in the studio, if you'd like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Uh, Captain's Log, Stardate 09102023. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me. It's Nikki. And Richie Rich. I I was putting in who the hosts were on the, we, we always write the host names down or whoever yeah. did whatever day. And somehow the N didn't come through. Icky. 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 So that's your new name. <laughs> okay. Your new name is Icky. That's it. I-K-K-I. Not I-C-K-Y, right? Nope, just... Yeah. Icky. Yep. Yeah. Like, ooh, she's icky. There was um, a cartoon <laughs> when I was a kid. Uh, I forget what the name of the cartoon was, but there was an episode where the babysitter, Vicky, and they didn't like her, so they made a song called Icky Vicky. Oh, So there nice. was a little a little period in my life you where like, people icky would... Nicky? Yeah. Uh, so you're not unfamiliar with this nope, particular yep. nickname. Is this yep. a cartoon or a live action? It's show? a cartoon, yeah. Okay. Which is funny because, like, we've nicknamed a nickname because Nikki is a nickname. It right? is, yes. Yeah. So, at any rate. That's a double nickname. Yeah, it's a meta nickname. Really, it's a nickname within a nickname, yeah. which is all sorts of weird. But then again, so are we. And that's why you're listening to the Sunday night edition. Of a made-up name. <laughs> Free Talk Live. A made-up name? Well, because the full name's like Nikki Sunshine, right? Well, the sunshine isn't really made up. Sunshine exists. Okay. You know, and uh, she's kind of bright. Isn't everything made up? <laughs> it's made up of you know, something. No, like, how'd you get your name? How, you know, how'd you get your name? How does anybody get their name? Your parents just make it up well, and then they, you know, so I'm write unique. it down on a piece of paper. Then yeah. I rejected that and changed yeah. it. I, I'm unique in that my friend was trying to insult me and I turned it into a legend. Like, so. joke's on you. I'm into that. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, it was. it was just... It was a weird sequence of events. I was moving into a house, and I knocked over my friend's beer by moving the, the tower speaker. And he goes, way to go, Captain Kickass. You just knocked over my beer. And I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. I'll get you another one. You know, And I did, and yeah, it was fine. And then I was auditioning for a band, and they all had pseudonyms, right? And that's where I stole the Buckshot Esquire from, because the drummer was yeah. Eugenius the Human Pump Handle Slamming Machine Buckshot Esquire, if you will. And so I stole that, you know, suffix from him. Uh, but uh, they were like, you got to have a pseudonym, dude. And I'm like, Captain Kickass, because I was just called that like two days ago by my buddy Jake <laughs> as an insult. I'll turn it into my stage name. And this was right at the time when, uh, you know, the Internet was first getting started. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the first rule of the Internet. Yeah, don't never put- share your real name. Yeah. Right. Don't put your real stuff on the Internet. And so... Uh, there were forums still. Forums were a big thing. They were the newest thing that was going on. And there was a, a group of uh, heavy metal musicians that started a website called uh, the SMO, SeattleMetalOnline.com. And so all of the independent musicians sort of joined this thing. And everybody had a pseudonym. 
as right? they should. Uh, and you would use that website to talk to other bands and network with them. And oh, hey, such and such band dropped off our bill. We need a band to fill. You know, or if you needed a band, you put that up there. Or if you know, all of these kinds that of, you would network. Or I need a fill-in bass player for this one gig because my guy's out of town or his mom died or whatever. You could get all of that stuff done in one place, and it was pretty uh, instrumental to the success of the underground heavy metal scene in, in Seattle. And so just from that, Captain Kickass began. So, like, Captain Kickass is actually older than MySpace. Cool. Yeah. That's old. Yeah. So, like, the terminology. Uh, and I pointed this out to Facebook when they tried to shut me down. Uh, I was like, look, Captain Kickass, you know, is my authentic name yeah. online and has been since before you were even a thing. So, at any rate. Uh, let's go right away to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Mr. David Ridley of the Ridley Report. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. You uh, hate to talk about myself too much here, but uh, you remember that video back in 2018 where Keene State College kicked me off the campus because I tried to film a government meeting? <laughs> I do actually remember that. Yeah, vaguely, but still. <clears throat> so that has brought me back to King State College, you know, now and then. Uh, you know, censorship draws me like a magnet. Uh, and I was over there <clears throat> last month. Uh-huh. Uh, well, yeah, I guess it was on the 23rd. Uh, and um, I discovered, actually, I discovered this online. This is part of why I went over there. Uh, apparently, they, they've got an event coming up where they're going to ban coats. Coats? Coats. Yes, they're going to ban people from bringing, it's like a speech, someone's giving a speech. And they're going to ban people. They're banning everybody from bringing coats into the the building where the speech is going to be held. What about well, jackets? Could you wear a jacket? Yeah. Oh yes, jackets also are banned. Uh, I, I mean, mean I, to be fair, it's not cold enough for coats or jackets yet. So you've got to be some kind of psychopath I mean, that's to want to wear one. Debate. I know people that wear, you know, like sweaters in the winter. You what about, know? What about well, it's like, not you winter, tell, though? You it's not winter yet. I mean, no, sorry, I meant in the summer. But anyways, like, you can't really dictate what someone else's body temperature is or, you yeah, know. What about, psychopaths. what about a vest? Could you wear a vest? I should clarify that it, it, I don't know if it, it, it may not be a ban in the whole building, but in, you know, in, the, in the auditorium or whatever, where the speech is going to be given, that's where it cooks, at least, at least there. I don't want you hiding anything banned. up your sleeve. Will they at least be providing a coat check service? Yes, there'll be a place people can hand their coats in, <laughs> and <clears throat> like a coat buyback. <laughs> we should, oh, we should the, overwhelm uh, the coat buyback, <laughs> and everyone should just be handed a coat out front to check it when they go in. <laughs> <laughs> just in, go to in, the thrift store, buy yeah, the whole rack right. of coats, hand them out to everybody. Yeah. So what is the purpose, though, of the coat yeah, what, slash why, jacket ban? Why, why the ban? Okay, so I went into the building and just thought, well, I'll just ask the first employee that I see, yep. right? And sure enough, I walked up to a guy's office, and there there was a, actually a relatively nice King State College employee, and he, he answered my questions. <clears throat> All right, they're on camera. And this, this is all up on RidleyReport.com. And, uh, you know, he just said, he gave some sort of a vague answer. And you should hear him say it for, for yourself. But he basically sort of a vague answer about, well, security. And there's been, you know, some people don't like some people and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's the uh, rule of the speaker. And the speaker wants it that way. And so they acquiesce to the speaker. <clears throat> Probably so. And the, um, the, like, the speaker is not particularly well known. I've never heard of her. She's an author. She's been, you know, uh, some, she's had some articles and you know, major newspapers. Uh, but, you know, she's not uh, she's not a household uh, name by any stretch. 
Is it she and, that is asking for the ban on coats? Well, he, he goes into that, I think, to some extent. I don't remember exactly what he said. Just, you know, just look at the tape. Okay. Maybe she's uploaded. got, like, PTSD for jackets, and it would trigger her, and they don't want... They don't want her to have a mental health breakdown well, on stage. I mean, you'd think if she was that sensitive that maybe she shouldn't be a public speaker, well, but that's maybe why, that's, that's me why being in insensitive. No, that's I why don't. it's in the writer. You can be the public speaker if you want to see my talk. The, I don't like people in coats. Completely unrelated to this story that Ridley is telling us, there was a, I don't remember the artist, maybe you'll remember, there was an artist, late Andy 80s, Warhol. early 90s, oh. that had an album called Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. <clears throat> nice. Oh, I don't remember. So... <laughs> This, uh, Magic rectangle this, this speech will be in October, uh, so it's not at a particularly cool, you know, not a particularly warm time of year. Yeah, uh, they've also they're also banning purses uh, and videography. Ooh, that's a lot of phobias. I retract. <laughs> so, are they worried about people bringing in like firearms? Like, I don't understand because you <laughs> no, think like they didn't a ban simple. Firearms. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. So that's a good point. So apparently, you can open carry into this place. You just can't but you, wear a jacket. You just can't be comfortable in temperature. That's actually interesting. I would. That makes the, me interested to open carry. Very obviously, like I'll you know, like sling a you know, a right, yeah. AR fifteen across my back and go in. You got a couple six I mean, shots on your hips. Also, it's a the campus, so they might that might already be a blanket rule. Is no it? firearms. Okay. I'm oh, not I, sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not really sure. I think that was a rule at like every college I, I went to. I have been on but... campus uh, probably 20 times or so, maybe maybe more. Uh, we used to have a, a Wednesday breakfast at the Keene State University at their cafeteria uh, on Wednesdays or whatever, and so I would go every Wednesday. I don't recall ever once seeing anybody armed, so they may have some prohibition against it. So. Also, I want to yeah. say that the um, the band you were talking about is Blink-182. Yeah. Oh, but that wouldn't have been the 80s. Horrible. It's the 90s, right? Yeah, it's the 90s. Okay. I said 80s or 90s. Okay. Go ahead, Dave. The statement statement that they issued does not mention firearms. In answer to your question, that was significantly, I guess, omitted from the list of things that they banned from from the speech. Wow. All right, so you did a video on this, and it's available at RidleyReport.com? Correct. All right. Like, just tell us what you don't want, right? It's not about the jacket. Just tell us what it's about. Right, it's not about the purse. Just tell us what it's about. What are you really concerned well, uh, about? Because it can't be jackets and purses. So, other, other, another detail, and maybe this is relevant, maybe it's not. But the place where this is occurring is called the. God, this this is not an exact. It's like it's the Holocaust Center, I guess, is what it's usually referred to as, like a Holocaust museum or something like that. Okay. I don't remember. It's the Cohen. I can't remember. I'm, I don't have the exact okay. uh, proper title. Uh, but the. Uh, and uh, is this the, the, the only band gas chambers? It's the yeah, it's the only approved place on campus where you can do Holocaust related activities. I guess. And the 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 speech is called something something like just one less thing to take off non- before you get into the shower. The speech is called something like being Jewish in a non Jewish world. So maybe there's a fear of anti-Semitism or something like that that is driving them to make these bans. I mean, but just like, what does that have to do with jackets and purses? The purse is not kosher. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's right. where it's really uh, throwing me off. Yeah. I. This was an ethically slaughtered lamb in yeah. which the leather was taken to make my purse. Are you going to do a follow-up on this too, Ridley? Like like when I it goes know. on? It's October 3rd when the speech is. Like I said, I've kind of got my questions more or less answered when I walked in there yep. uh, and they were, they were not trying to censor me. 
uh, that day I was there, uh, if I were to try to go back inside during uh, the speech, they would censor me and or call the police. Well, I'm just saying maybe see what happens, you know, like go in on October, whatever, uh, and like wear a coat, see what happens. Wear your coat under your shirt. (laughs) Then it's it's an undercoat. Right. It's not an overcoat. It's an undercoat. This is my petticoat. So, logistics logistics drives policy when you're the really report and you don't have a car. So, if it's convenient for me to get to Keene around then, uh, then I will, you know, probably make that part of my schedule. But again, it, it all it all revolves around the logistics. All right, everybody listening, keep your eyes open for the Ridley signal in the sky sometime in early October, <laughs> and uh, help help Ridley get to this event. Hey, uh, Ridley, we appreciate you. Everybody, visit RidleyReport.com. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, That's backwards. Ridley should have his own signal to hail an Uber. He should. Oh, oh, dude. That was all your fault. It was totally my fault. We talked about it pre-show. We did, and then I selected the wrong caller, and now the caller that I was going to take first, like, literally just hung up as I was going to take the call. And he paid for all that time. He was on hold. (sighs) Sorry, Brandon. If you can make another call, do it. I'll I'll pick up the call. I don't know if he's listening or not, but. More than likely not. Somebody called from what I believe is jail. Uh, based on the caller ID that was prepended there. And so I took the call, and I meant to take him first because I figured, well, he's got a limited amount of time, and I hit the wrong button, and we took Ridley anyway. And so then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's give Ridley some time, you know, and okay, we ended the call, and then just just as I was going to take Brandon's call, like, gone. Wah, wah. Yeah, I feel like, what's that Bob Barker trum- trumpet trombone? Sad trombone. Boom, 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 whatever that is. Yeah. Yep. Um, I do want to mention, since it's still the first segment of this show, uh, that uh, last night I mentioned this too on Free Talk Live. I think I mentioned it on Beard Talk Live. I'm going to mention it again today. Uh, we have uh, something in the uh, the live reads where we, we've been asking people to write letters regarding Ian Freeman's character and send them in. Well, it's too late for that now. If you didn't send your letter in, it's far too late. But what it's not too late for is for you to show up at the courthouse in Concord, New Hampshire, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, there are people who are in town from as far away as, say, Las Vegas, for example. Uh, Nevada, No excuses. Anyway, uh, who have come uh, for support to support uh, Ian in his sentencing trial. I, I wish more than anything for anybody who even remotely considers themselves an activist or a mover to New Hampshire for the freedom movement to do whatever the hell you can to get to this trial. I would love to see the courthouse packed. I would love to see standing room only outside the courthouse when it's over. It's 10 a.m. tomorrow at the federal courthouse in Concord, New Hampshire. It's not hard to find. Throw that in your search 55 Pleasant Street. Oh, you even know the address? I do. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and I don't know why it's called Pleasant Street. Yeah, it sure needs ain't be, Pleasant. Needs to be renamed. Um, be prepared uh, when you go into the courthouse to empty all of your pockets. Don't bring firearms or weapons of any kind. They will confiscate them from you. Uh, you do have to go through a metal detector mm-hmm. kind of a thing. It's much like airport security yep. when you're trying to take bring a Bring an ID, all that. Right. No cell phone. Well, you can bring a cell phone or a vape and stuff like that, but they keep it up there at the security desk. You're, so You're better off leaving it in your car yeah, leave or it whatever. In your car. Yeah, leave it in your car. Uh, but if you, you know, you take the bus or, you know, you get a ride and you got to carry it with you, they will keep it for you and you can get it back on your way out. So is there any expectation on what is going to happen tomorrow? 
I have no idea. Okay. I'm I, I'm trying to remain as optimistic as possible. Right, and that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. So I've I've seen parts of other people's trials that mm-hmm. were broadcast, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to call him like the honorable, right? But the the dude on the bench seemed to make reasonable decisions in the past, uh, given the limitations of his position. I'm not going to praise him in regards to yeah. this case. You mean, or just in general? Well, in regards to the Crypto Six, uh, yeah. this, like this particular were... judge is named Joseph Laplante, right? With the useless e at the end of his name, Laplante. Yeah, uh, L A, not L E, not Laplante, but Laplante. Okay. Uh, at any rate, um, yeah, he's been the judge uh, presiding over both Arya and. Uh, Ian and uh, presumably the other, okay. you know, four people in the Crypto Six. Well, then I'm less optimistic because Arya's in jail. Right. Right. Um, logic to me would would say that uh, whatever sentence they're going to hand Ian is going to be more than Arya, uh, just because the prosecution painted the picture in such a way that Ian was the, you know, uh, the yeah. sophisticated cyber criminal. Well, but, right? but this yeah. is this Which is where is the judge gets a little wrong. bit of discretion. Right. right, like they put it in the hands of the jury. Right. The jury got it wrong. Now, right. the, the good news is that the biggest charge, the one where the undercover cop uh, tried to pigeonhole Ian and get him to say some things that were, you know, that weren't true, uh, and then went ahead and went visited one of his uh, Bitcoin vending machines, right, uh, and made a transaction there, and they tried to sew that all together as like, oh yeah, he knew what was going on. He was in on. No, he wasn't. And that was made clear during the trial. The evidence presented by the prosecution was made clear that no, indeed, that they basically tried to entrap him. The right, judge yeah. has overturned that particular charge. Okay. That's thrown out now. So but if his hands are tied, right, like, oh, I can, I can only give him, like, the minimum sentence based on this, right, then at least, then it, again, it, I don't want to give him too much credit, but credit where it's due. Right, at least he recognizes some sort of injustice that has taken place. It appears that way. Yeah, I, and there are still, you know, appeals to be made right, and all of that. Right. Which, okay. in theory, he could stay out and stay home pending appeal. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Whether that's, that's going to happen or not, that's sort of I think the best case scenario. I think. Yes. The worst case scenario, of course, is that they take him into custody immediately. and yeah. You know, but give appeals him a are always procedural. And, yeah. Right. It's you know was the was there a procedure violated with with the way the jury handed it down? No. Uh, well, they just the, got it wrong. At my recollection of the proceedings was that uh, Ian's attorney, uh, Mister Sisti, uh, had made uh, repeated uh, statements, and it wasn't until well after the trial concluded that the judge ruled on like the overturning of. Okay. Uh, the, this biggest charge. It was something that uh, you know the Ian's attorney sort of objected to, okay. and the the judge said, "I'll take it under advisement," and just sort of tabled it, allowed the rest of the trial to happen, and then took a whole bunch of time to mull it over, okay. months even before he made his decision on that. And so, uh, Ian's attorney did a few of those, and I don't know how many of that you know how many are still in play or whatever. Okay. But the the appeal is definitely going to happen specifically because of the overturning of this one charge. Okay. Uh, so much so that I believe I read in some documentation that they're even asking for a new trial. 
because uh, they're saying that the jury was influenced mainly on this one particular charge that was now overturned. And so they think a new trial is warranted based on that alone. So that'll be part of the appeal process, I believe. I'm okay. not I'm not a legal expert. I'm not an attorney. I've not been through a trial like this before personally, even as a spectator. So I don't know what you know what all the moves are, what's next in line, how yeah. these things happen. So don't quote me on any of this, but feel free to do your own research. But I believe that those are the things that are about to happen. Like I just I want to be optimistic, but I want to be reasonably optimistic. Right? Like, yeah. oh, we can't hope for the best, but if all signs are pointing down, right? Yeah. Uh, we do have a uh, a film crew in here, uh, by the way, just so you guys are aware. Uh, not necessarily listeners. They don't care. Uh, unless they're watching over at watch.freetalklive.com. Okay. Um, uh, as expected, uh, we expect to have media coverage at the trial uh, tomorrow as well. So, again... Uh, the attorneys for the Crypto Six believe that a large showing of support uh, may help in, you know, uh, acquiring at least a reasonable sentence or a lenient sentence. And it seems like we're gonna have a pretty good turnout tomorrow. Well, that's what I'm called. That's what I'm asking everybody who's listening for. I'm asking yeah, exactly. if there's any way possible for you to take a day off, for you to drive up, for you Figure to it out. carpool. If if Ian has helped you in any way, if Free Talk Live has benefited your life in some way, if you have been the recipient of some generosity, if Ian has taught you anything, I know that he would go around uh, teaching people how to, you know, how to download a crypto wallet and things of this nature and, you know, and not charge for any of this mm-hmm. stuff, right? So, like, you know, he has definitely worked hard and given his time to people uh, over the, and like activism specifically, like if you're an activist and you know Ian Freeman, I expect you to show up. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I know Ian won't ever call this card in. I'm calling it for him, right? Uh, please show up. Because it's important. And I think it will make a difference. I, I think it and will, And even too. if it doesn't, I mean, like, come and show your support. Yeah. And even if it doesn't make a difference in his trial, show your support for one of the greatest liberty activists New Hampshire has ever seen. Right? Uh, in my opinion, I can't think of anybody else that might top the activism that, that Ian Freeman has made possible here yeah. in the state of New Hampshire. So. I would agree with that. I would say well, that's a pretty solid statement. That's part of the reason why they're going after him, too. Yeah. Yes, There's but all the more reason yeah. for support to be shown. Yeah. So, uh, Again, if you can make it, the Concord, New Hampshire courthouse. 55 Pleasant Street, Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. is the scheduled sentencing for Ian Freeman. 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to join us. More Free Talk Live is coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. 
Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Yes, we are. And we're live. Are we? Free Talk Live. <laughs> so I dropped something on the floor. I needed you guys to fill in with some some words there for a minute. While well, I, and I was well, adjusting my chair back up so I could actually reach the microphone. Words were said, though. So well, thank no, you. No thank fear. you for thank you for you know putting sound into the microphone and therefore transducing it over the airwaves and into listeners' ears. We need more callers. Which is really weird if you think about it. That you know we're sitting here. And we're talking into this thing, which is a microphone. Is. And then, at, at, you know, at some other random places on planet Earth, uh, people are intaking the sounds that we make into their heads. Sometimes I forget that. Yeah. Sometimes I just it's think we're just way. like chilling. It's it's easier that way. So at one point, yeah. like I've been doing the podcast, my own yeah. podcast, whatever, for a while. The and anarchist it, experience. Right. Thank you. And at one point in time, we got it on LRN.FM. I think mm-hmm. it's still on LRN, isn't right? It? Yeah, but it was a big goal yeah. at the time, right? And I, you know, so I called up my co-host. I'm like, "Dude, we're on LRN.FM." He's yeah. like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "What do you mean, oh no?" Like this, this was the goal. Like we've made it, right? Yeah. You know, he goes like, "Well, up until this point, right? I could just assume that nobody was listening." Yeah. Right, and now I know that there's you know thousands of people. There's listening. definitely listeners. There's, there's definitely right, yeah. listeners, and it made them nervous for a little. That's bit. you know what actually that's a great point. So I make um like content for like pre-recorded yoga classes essentially. Sure. And it's the same sort of thing, right? It's like I see the views on YouTube, but you just assume it's like randos on the internet. So yeah, whenever right. like I would have family members and friends coming up to me like, "Well, I've been taking your yoga classes. Like, so cool." I'm like, "Whoa, you're actually like." listening to me speak and teach a class and of course you know i also teach yoga classes in person but for some reason it's just it feels different it feels more like daunting to be fair no one has ever come up to either of us so like oh my god i've heard you (laughs) nobody's still listening right but it just feels different now the first fork fest that i attended uh i i was already on this show by the time i attended my first fest and uh you know, I was just hanging out, you know, helping set up and, you know, do the show and all this kind of thing. And uh, you know, the bathrooms are a little ways away from the Free Talk Live site. Not too far, but, you know, I was just like, hey, I got to go hit the john. And uh, I start walking sort of across all these campgrounds. And I see this guy, like, way off in the distance. And he's sort of making a beeline for me. And as I sort of jog left and jog right to get through the campsites, he jogs left and jogs right. And he's... He's coming right for me, literally. So right? hand on your hip at that point. So I, I thought it's about pork fest, it. but you never know. I thought yeah. about it, but you know. And uh, finally, you know, we we intersect, and and he goes, "You're Captain Kickass, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Oh, he spotted you from like 500 yards." Yeah. He's like, "Dude, can I get a <laughs> selfie?" And I'm nice. like, oh, yeah, of course, dude. You know, it, there was no threat at all. It was just yeah. somebody who was a fan. That's when you realized you, know? you were a celebrity? I don't, I don't 
<laughs> yeah. I expected way more. Somebody somebody else was like, uh, um, I went to, uh, it was the protest at like the governor's house or something. Oh, yeah. And uh, somebody there was like, oh, my gosh, Captain Kickass is here, right? They had that, you know, that fanboy moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, so what's it like to be famous? I'm like, dude, I am not famous. <laughs> and he's like, well, you are to me. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you that, right? Yeah. You know, you listen to the show. Thank you so much. I was, you know, trying to be uh, the attitude of gratitude is what I was yeah. trying to get across, right? But it probably didn't start off that way because yeah. I'm like, whatever, dude. I You're just trying to like, keep it real, you know? Like, the, the appropriate I, answer is buy me a drink and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> For future reference. Yeah, I had somebody at Porkfest this past year actually say, like, oh, do you, like people around here like treat you guys like celebrities? And like honestly, like everybody at Porkfest, I probably like, the majority of these people I know personally, like they all live in New Hampshire. Like these are my friends. Yeah. No, no one really yeah, feels that way about me. And so many like libertarian activist types are all doing their own thing. Like they all right. have a lot of people have a large internet following or they have their own podcast yep. or they, they have do a, their own videos. Yeah, or, very successful yeah. business or something. I'm like, we're just they I write don't know. books. They you know, yeah. We're just getting things done here, you know? What what is interesting about it is that y- to some extent everyone there is sort of a celebrity. Right? Yeah. I Not guess everyone within the so. community. But a large yeah. number of people who are there are activists of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether they're running for office, whether they're doing you know political activism, whether they're they're standing up for some issue or another, uh, a majority of people there are activists of some sort, or at least participants in the activism. Right? If activists go out and organize a thing, they're like, yeah, I'll come out. You know, they'll hold a sign or what? You know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and also, I kind of equate now having been to several of these pork and fork fests. Uh, I kind of equate it to a bit of a family reunion. Yeah. That's how it yeah. feels to me. There's always like sub drama, you yep. know, we're like, oh, so and so got into a thing last year and, you know, somebody threw water at his face or what, you know, this kind of a thing. But then like everybody there is just like, oh, it's so good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while. Mm-hmm. Or there's a lot of first time meetings. Yeah, I've been coming to this thing for four years. I have yet to have met this person. Yeah. Uh, and, and that kind of a thing. So in, in that way, it reminds me very much of a very large family mm-hmm. reunion. It the does, Freedom Family, if you will. Yeah, it does feel that way. And even though New Hampshire is a relatively small state, I mean, we do get a lot of people who are still like within the community that live elsewhere. Um, but even like though New Hampshire is a small state, it's like I don't see everyone in Manchester all the time. I don't see everybody on the seacoast yeah. or, you know, people that live up in northern New Hampshire. Forget about it. I don't I don't make it up there, you know, only yeah, a few living, times a year. Living in like the southwest corner of, of New Hampshire uh, sort of isolates us from the folks a who live bit, on yeah. like the seacoast and the, the big city, if you will, of Manchester. Yeah. It's not that big. <laughs> it's like a hundred thousand people or something. So it's, well, it is a legitimate city. It's got like yeah. you know tall buildings and yeah. freeway bridges and you know all that kind of stuff. So like it is a legitimate city. It's just you know, it's a legitimate. It's not city. Seattle. It's a legitimate city in New Hampshire. Yeah, <laughs> yes. right. It is like the, any, the any biggest city around in New a, yeah. but around a big city. It's like a town. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, people from Boston would be like, it's a small town. Yeah, right. that's but, what I'm saying. But, yeah. but people from Keene would be like, it's a big city. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there is uh, approximately 240,000 people, at least in the UK, who, well, will never be able to attend something like a Freedom Festival. Uh, apparently, according to the World Socialist website, which is an odd source for something on Free Talk Live, uh, in the UK, almost 240,000 people died in the past two years while waiting 
for National Health Care Service or National Health Service Care. Uh, the UK apparently has uh, nationalized their. Yeah, yeah, but how many people die in America under the capitalist health care system? Well, I, I don't know the answer, but we'll talk about that. But first, let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, unscreened caller, what's your name, please? You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, this is uh, David Hathaway. I'm sitting here with my wife, Karen, in Arizona. And hey, we're just, uh, <laughs> we're really bummed out about Ian's situation. And, you know, when I call in in the past, we, we try to avoid being negative or getting on that subject. But, I mean, as it's gotten closer, um, and it's really on our mind, and we intended to go out there and just kind of a family situation dropped out of the sky, and we weren't able to do it. And we we wanted to go out there days in advance so we'd have some time sure. out there on the ground in New Hampshire and not just for Ian's sentencing. But I don't know. I hate to be pessimistic and negative, but, I mean, it's just it's just a real bummer, and we've just been feeling real bad about it for the last couple of weeks. And I'll let my my wife, Karen, chime in, chime in if she has anything to say. Sure. Hi, guys. We just uh, love listening to you all, and we're just praying for Ian. Well, thank you so much for the yeah. support. It's getting real, right? Yeah, yeah, it does feel real at this point. Yeah, and you know, in my prior career, I've seen a lot of federal sentencing, and just the reality, I can keep hope that they, they'll let him stay out pending an appeal, but I've just never seen that happen. You know, they do the pretrial report, and they have the upper end and the lower end of the sentencing range, and then on the day that the sentence is pronounced, I mean... I mean, I hope the letters work. I wrote a letter. I know I think Thank over 100 you. people wrote letters. But um, I just, uh, like I say, I, I hate to be negative and I hate to be pessimistic. And I know Ian also held held this show together and just kind of the whole setup there. I mean, he was the guy, you know, you know, he had the attitude that he, he's got to make it work and he would do it himself. The, the satellite feed to Africa, the AMPS program, the affiliate stations, yeah. the day-to-day technical issues, the video feed. And um, like I said, I'm trying not to be negative and, and I think it's obviously going to affect this show. Is somebody going to step in and have that level of intensity that he did to keep everything together on the technical side and the infrastructure and the the marketing and the advertising and the amps program and everything like that but it is going to be a challenge yeah i i just hate to call in and just be bummed out but that's kind of what it is (laughs) i mean as as much as this uh, you know is a call-in show to talk about whatever you want it's okay to call in and be like dude i'm totally bummed yeah, like, and I do yeah. appreciate your support. I mean, you know, I'm I mean, I'm totally bummed too, and yeah. you know, I'm here in the, in the middle of it, and you know, to that extent, we've we've had to have some uh, difficult conversations internally with the the crew and the the hosts and the co-hosts, and you know, Ian and that kind of thing about like how do we weather this storm? What are our plans? What yeah. contingencies do we yeah. need to have in place? And so, we think we have you know something to to keep the show alive, depending yeah. on what happens, regardless of which outcome yeah. uh, happens. So uh, the show is poised to go on, so you can rest assured that the show will continue. It's just what does it look like long-term or, or even short-term, right? The The best-case scenario is, uh, yeah, they, they let him out uh, pending the appeal, uh, and then the show yeah, just and- continues as normal. But the worst-case scenario is we need to make some adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I will yeah, say Arya is probably going to get out around, like, 
April. That's not set in stone, but right. but that's probably when she will be getting out. Um, and Arya also has like a lot of tech knowledge, not yeah. on the level of doing the show that Ian would be. But she has but, she's the second wizard, as I like to call yes, it. Ian's first so, wizard and Arya's second wizard, as yeah. far as the operations uh, of the show are concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, also just on the the principled aspect of Ian, like not just to mention I get spoiled, I could just call in. Previously, it was you know uh, potentially any night of the week he would be on, sometimes guest host, but you know now there's the other programming. But just the ability to call up and talk to him, but the principled attitude that he had about being completely against all aspects of statism. And, you know, there's people out there in the libertarian camp that will kind of have their little one pet issue that they need the state to be involved in this or in that. But That's why we Ian's call them libertarians, not anarchists. Yeah, uh, Ian's propensity to just like, let's call them what they are, you know, thugs, thieves, criminals, murderers, and, you know, get past calling them anything like public servants or the government employees or cops or whatever, call them what they are. And just the... It's so rare. I have my podcast feed filled up with all kinds of libertarian podcasts, but it is actually quite rare to have somebody who is across the board on whatever it is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Anything, yeah, know, he's one of the most principled dudes that I've ever met. I can't say that I've met yeah. anyone else more principled than, than Ian Freeman. Dilly, dilly. Well, anyway, thank, thank you guys, and we'll go back to listening. I just wanted to I, – I think that's the first time I've called in with a real kind of negative, bummed-out perspective, but – that's yeah. the way it is, and that's reality. So anyway, hey, I'll well. give it back to you guys, but thanks for taking my call. Thanks, David. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your call. We appreciate you both. The reality is a part of it, right? Like We, we can be optimistic, but at some point, someone's got to make plans for right. the worst-case yeah. scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Like, what happens if they sentence and they take him into custody, yeah. and then that's it? Yeah, I mean, prepare for the worst yeah. and hope for the best. Yeah. That's kind of, you know... What it is. So, you know, and, and of course, you know, we, we're we in hurry up and wait mode right now. We've got to wait for tomorrow. Yep. Right, tomorrow's the big day. You know, we can't really make any decisions. You know, oh, we got to go this way. we got to go that way. Yeah. we got to do this. we got to re We can't make any of those decisions until we find out yeah. what happens tomorrow. And, and, and what, forgive me for, you know, not expecting the government to do the right thing here. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, we've been disappointed before with this. Yeah, it, like... Uh, David and Karen there, like he kept repeating, he doesn't want to be, you know, uh, sort of a bummed out voice, but like, yeah. you know, venting your, your feelings is fine. Uh, it is probably logical for you to expect the worst when it comes to what's the government going to do. Yeah. Right. Like, like I hope for the best, yeah. but I expect the worst. Uh, and I think that that is the smart position to take when it comes to government in, in doing anything, really. In general, yeah. yes. Uh, Bet on that. Bet on them doing it wrong. Doing right. it poorly, doing and, it and you won't be in the harshest way possible, because yeah. that's all that government is. All government is is force. That's it. That's It's the only tool it has. It's the only thing it does. Uh, and, and even if you point out to something that like might look to you on the surface like them doing good, like oh, I don't know, social security or you know something like that or disability payments or whatever, uh, even within that, they're first taking money from a bunch of other people, yep. keeping a hefty chunk off the top for themselves, and then maybe doling some out uh, in the guise of help. And that's the thing; it doesn't. I don't care what you're doing with the funds. I don't care if it's a good program. It started with theft. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's all based on well, bad stuff. Yeah. Right. Coercion. 
uh, is, you know, the threat or initiation of violence. Taxation is based on coercion. Everything the government does is fundamentally flawed from a moral and ethical standpoint. And so, uh, you know, it it behooves me to think that, well, they're going to do the harshest possible thing because that's what they do. Yep. That's their shtick. That's yep. That's the whole point. That's the go-to, man. That's the modus operandi. Yeah. Yeah. They're not there to uh, be human, right? They're not there to uh, have compassion, right? Uh, It's not known as the compassionate government of the United States, right? You know, Uh, sadly, like, it would be great, in my opinion, if agents of the state in their current position, I don't care what position you hold, if you're a judge in a federal court, if you're, you know, I don't know, uh, a clerk at the Parks Department, right, uh, it would behoove you to begin treating people as human beings instead of numbers and instead of, oh, well, that's not in my job description or, you know, you have discretion as a human being when you encounter other human beings and when you interact with other human beings. You have that discretion as a human being, regardless of what your employer says you have yeah. to do. And I think that's so important that we always have the freedom to essentially make whatever decisions we want. Yeah. Obviously, there are consequences to those decisions. Yeah. Um, well, and that's what they will tell you, right? Like, oh, you yeah. can do whatever you want, but you're going to get arrested. Yeah, but the time you're put in it, jail, the, so the time we're want, at, but. the time we're at in humanity as a society, as a global society, if you will. <laughs> is we're at a point where it's time to do the right thing yeah. instead of what's legal, right? That That's the point that we're at in the human race. We have the ability to communicate within seconds across the globe, right? There's no reason for us to be treating uh, other human beings as something other than human beings. Yeah, and that's a, I think we do need to be more evolved than that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, war and, you know, people have been torturing each other and treating each other poorly for all of humanity. But you'd think at this point, like, we would start evolving from that. Why are we still, like, still with the war, still with torturing people, still with stealing from people? And, like, the optimist in me wants to say, well, we are. And that's why something like the Free State Project exists, right? Evolution takes time. Uh, the first people who ever said, hey, you know what? Um, I think it's wrong for us to be keeping humans as slaves. Yeah. Right? There was only like one guy at first. Then there was like maybe three. Right? And it took a long time because of communication and geography for like that to become like a group of people. And it took a long time for that group of people to be, you know, to, to have that idea permeate to other people where it became a thing that people wanted to do. And so that's kind of where we're at. We have the advantage, of course, with the freedom movement here in New Hampshire of fast and far-reaching communication, right? This show is one of those things, right? All the podcasts that you mentioned and other uh, media that other activists create, right? That's all, you know, worldwide. Yeah, I mean, we're in the age of technology. I mean, I could text somebody and they'll get it immediately. I mean, you know, a hundred years ago, it's like, what, am I well, using the telegraph or right. writing a so, letter? So the hope is that um, the philosophies of freedom, the idea 
that we should just start with the non-aggression principle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's easy. It, like, like, hopefully it doesn't take as long as it did to end slavery yeah. as it did, as it, you know, does will to get people to go, hey, this is a good place for humanity to start treating people as humans. Was there any harm to a person or a person's property? If the answer is no, then there was no crime. And I, I will still contend that whereas the non-aggression principle is a good starting place, mm-hmm. right, you have to anticipate those that will not extend the same courtesy. Sure. And those people must be met with violence. In self-defense, yes. In self-defense. Yes. However you want to justify it. Yeah. But there's, there's, Which, a, there's a fundamental mistake that a lot of people, you know, advocates of the non-aggression principle, libertarians, what have you, and that's, that's the non-violent aspect of it. Like some may, some may call it pacifism, mm-hmm. right? And and I am not convinced that that path will ever work. Well, to be fair, there are pacifists within the larger freedom movement here in New Hampshire. Understood. But there's also people who are not. Right. And, and that also doesn't have anything to do with the non-aggression principle. Like you're saying, the non-aggression, like you can use self-defense. Yes. I get it. But yeah. there are those, there are those that won't, right? There's, you know. The, and they don't have to. There's a mantra. Right. It used to go like no justice, no peace. Right. Right. And what we see all over the place is no justice is no justice. But yet no. Uh, but outcry. no retribution. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no setting those people straight yeah. so that they lean more towards non-aggression and justice. And the reason for that uh, is because no one wants to get violent yeah. yet. Right. In on the scale that it would take to make that happen. Right. And what, go ahead. I'm just going to say, like, for me personally, I wouldn't go out of my way to use violence. Like, oh, well, this, you know, the the police, they're, you know, they're doing all these things. I see them doing all these horrible things to people. I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, bomb the police well, station. We understood. We did but if see. they come to me and they're threatening me, that's a different story. Once you start threatening me and my family and my friends. Uh, we'll see. Directly, we did see you know. in the uh, the burning of the Minneapolis uh, Police Department. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, we did see violence. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that type of a thing. And, uh, you know, now they're apparently paying those people. Okay. <laughs> Like that was their mean? answer. Like people who rioted and helped burn the police to, uh, police station uh, during that incident. I'm trying to remember where it they're was. Paying, Minneapolis, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're was, paying the pe- rioters. People, people sued, and somehow the city is like, "Yeah, we're just going to settle this and pay everybody some money." Good. Okay. If that's, if that's the case, then fine. <laughs> right, but on, on the on the scale necessary, and the second part of my contention is, uh, there are those that want to call for peace. Yeah. Right, like oh, we we want we don't want to get violent, right? Well, the the people who are getting violent, right, are under they understand that might may not make it right, but it does make it so, right? And and if you can be the most violent and have your way, number one, unfortunately, that that leads to a level of freedom not granted to the rest of the populace. Right, like on an individual level, those in power can do more than you can. Well, as a pleep, a, a a truly good man is a man who is dangerous. Yes, but has it under control. Yeah, that's Jordan Peterson quote. Yeah. Right, understood. But the the ones that don't have it under control, that use the violence of the state, use the political violence, right? They get away with more. 
Oh, they, they do. They yes, can do the stuff do. that you can't do as right. an individual citizen. Right. Because right. You they, can't do drugs, but Hunter Biden can. Right. In right. the White House, a, no less. In the White House. And then it's a family issue. Right. You can't do that, but right. they can. And they can because they have the power, and they keep that power through violence. I am right. as surprised as you that something hasn't happened already. I right. I anticipated something to pop off with like the... Uh, uh, what was the the Seattle the World Trade Organization those okay. riots way back in the day? Sure, a couple decades ago now. I expected, I half expected something to pop off with like the Bundy stuff. Yep, uh, the Bundy Ranch and that kind of thing. Yep, uh, I I expected far more than what we saw in the Minneapolis. I think that was a Black Lives Matter yep. uh, riot. I expected more than what that you know to happen. Um, so I don't know, you know what what will if anything, you know, uh, sort of get people to a point where Nothing. where they, they figure that I think that instead the way out of this is to build our way out of it. The Buckminster Fuller quote, yeah. uh, in order to change something, don't fight the existing thing. Instead, build a better way around it. Understood. But you have to defend your better way against the existing thing. Yeah. There's no way around that. Yeah. Because those with the power who are willing to use violence will use that violence against you because that's what works for them. 603-283-6160. There are some calls on hold, so if you're calling, please keep trying. We'll get to your calls and thoughts uh, coming up here on Free Talk Live. We'll talk more about this 240,000 people who died in the past two years waiting for National Health Service. It's Free Talk Live, the Sunday Night Edition. More coming up. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. And we're back. The telephone number, if you would like to join us, is 603 283 6160. If you get a busy signal, please keep trying. We've got several calls on hold right now. We'll get to those in just a moment. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Mickey. And Richie Rich. Uh, I want to tell you all that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one one cent per transaction. Less than one penny. And its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. Uh, 
From a tech standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from a 51% attack by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and easy to use. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn all about Dash. Again, Dash.org. All right, without further ado, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Hey, it's Ron. Hey, Ron, what's on your mind? Well, <laughs> it's really quick. I mean, uh, I just hope everybody at Free Speech Live has peace, love, and happiness and non-aggression, and I hope everything goes well for Ian. Oh, thanks, but I was man. curious, you said uh, Aria went to is it jail or prison? Prison. Okay, how much time did she have to take? 18 months was her sentence. Oh, man. Well, that's better than five years. I was thinking like five years or something, man. I hope everything goes all right, man. And uh, y'all have a beautiful day. Hey, we appreciate you, Ron. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, when did Aria go in? It's been um, the end months, of June. right? So June, July, August, September. So three months. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Okay. Um, I know that uh, I personally was hoping that uh, there would be more delays with Ian's trial yeah. before his sentencing came up, so we'd be a little closer to Arya getting out, yeah. kind of I mean, thing. You mentioned Arya maybe getting out in April. Yes, like very, very okay. rarely do people spend the whole sentenced amount of time. Okay, in prison, um, she's thinking. Maybe April, but that's not set in stone. Okay, but that's kind and that's of the like suspicion. Good behavior type okay. stuff. Well, and then right, when she's know. released, she'll be on house arrest right. for okay. an. You know, I, I I don't know if that's already like official. House how long? probation or something will happen for some Pro- period of time. I'm more curious arrest, if it was yeah. optimism or just like she's got some sort of notice that this is likely to occur. It, yeah, it's likely to occur. Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, we're in hurry up and wait mode, so we'll continue to do that. Uh, let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, this is Robert in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind? I have two, th- two things. One is uh, the improvement of technology. I do believe will help um, in terms of getting government to be more honest. Um, <laughs> it, it could uh. Really, really, I, I do believe that. I mean, just think of what's going on with the 1023 forms. We would have never known about all the things that, that bad things that are going on if the banks didn't have to fill, get those forms and actually make them available to us. I don't know anything. We make people fill out forms, we'll change government. I mean, I don't know anything about that, but it definitely is. The, the development of technology definitely does. I don't know if it actually gives accountability, not really, but it's at least... You can fill, fill out a FOIA request. Well, but it, you can see more of what's happening, right? Like a lot of the injustices of the government and all of the corrupt things that are going on. I mean, you scroll on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, choose social media platform of your choice... And, you know, you can scroll through a ton of people exposing right. all of this government nonsense. Yeah. Um, so if if people are listening and if they're open to receiving that information, I mean, people are starting to wake up, which I do think is definitely 
due to the the availability of this content. Yeah, the information is out there, and I, I've heard, I think even you've said this before, uh, that like if you want to look into it, the information exists. It's very available to you. If you want to look into what is government, where does it come from, where does it get its power, why is it violent, why is it coercive, right? All of the information on that exists and is readily available. Okay. It's getting people to look into it that is where we well, run into the run into the issue because there's this cognitive dissonance from basically public schooling, near as I can tell, that kicks in where people don't want to know the or actual they just truth. Don't care. Guantanamo so is still people. open, right? Still open. Still open. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Uh, the kids in cages? Still, yeah, still kids in okay. cages. Right. Uh, they've moved them to uh, military complexes oh. now so that regular public can't get access to them. And when they were going to do the quantitative easing a few years ago and everyone called in to their senators and it was like 98%, don't you guys do this? And they went ahead and did, did it, it anyway. anyway. Did yeah. it anyway. Okay, that, that happened, right? It I'm did. not miss. Okay. Yep. Not a, not a, a, right. a what do you call that? The Miranda, uh, the effect. Uh, Mandela, Mandela, yeah, yeah, the Bernstein Bears. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not mis, I'm not misremembering this. Like, nope, that happens. Guantanamo still open, kids in cages, and bailouts still happen. How are okay. how are more forums going to help reform that, David? Robert, sorry. Oh, uh, yes. Um, well, no, not just more forms. I'm, I'm talking about the technological improvements as uh, in, in total. Yes, the te- technological. We, we know we can communicate with each other right right away. I mean, we, we could never have concentration camps would be that would be effective because people would have cell phones in their pockets, which they could. You already do. They get the kids in the cages, man. Yeah. Uh, right? Here's we know about those things. Here's a technology. And they're still in the cage. Here, here, there's already a technology that exists that's out there in the wild right now that government and banks and uh, you know other governments, uh, all governments actually, and all banks would love to shut down that has the potential to completely replace bureaucracy as a whole because it is a superior record-keeping system, and it's called the blockchain. It's the basis of Bitcoin technology basis of cryptocurrency technology the blockchain is able to keep records far more accurately and truthfully than any government that has ever existed and now the government has fed now so so when it comes to things like oh i don't know titling your car or uh, the title to the deed of your property stuff like that that previously mankind kind of needed some way to some siloed way some official keeper of record to do that right and that's kind of been the excuse for why government needs to exist well we need somebody to keep the records we don't need that anymore because there is a superior technology it's called the blockchain and it can do everything the bureaucracy does and do it better like governments are already beginning to adopt some features of the blockchain because it's the path of least resistance when it comes to doing the jobs that they are tasked to do which is bureaucracy so in that respect you're onto something but i don't think you're saying that about cryptocurrency robert well, I'm talking about government in general. I hate to say it, but I, I do believe that government will always be a little necessary. We'll always need it because, because my grandfather... We don't need it. Um, it may always be so, but we don't need it. Well, somebody's got to be in control of things in a kind of a way. Why? Or, no. Why? Because, because it's just too complex at the top. I mean, you've got to reject that premise. The, the fact that you've it, it is complex to... means you don't want one person controlling it from the top. 
Well, you've got to have a small group or somebody at the, at the very top. Mm, I reject that as well. Country. Somebody's got to speak in an emergency or, or like the president. Look, you do need, you need. Look, Robert. No, you don't. Robert, you might feel like Billy Madison. You might feel like some things are too complex for you to understand, and so you might look to something that resembles an expert in a field for guidance or help, or you might even employ a service to help you uh, manage or understand uh, this complex thing. But it is not necessary for there to be an overriding organization of violence telling everybody else how it's going to be. If you need help or leadership or guidance in some area, you're free to go seek that out. What you're not free to do is force me or anybody else to your preference. And we don't need a speaker for the country because we don't need a country. Well, the, the beauty of our system is that it has the, the three parts of government at the top that balance each other out. We have to have lots of checks and balances. And, that's, that's and how is that working? Easy. It doesn't. It's, it, it's, it's the best system that, that, that they could think of. No, it isn't. Smart no, it isn't. Help Blockchain's a much better system. Oh, of course. I mean, we could incorporate the blockchain. No system is better. As, 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 a manager, as, 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 as a technical system that helps us. But, but in the, on the, on the top, you've got to have people in there no, at the you top. Don't. You can't have machines taking care of everything. I don't want machines to do it either. Excuse me? I don't want machines, and I don't want people at the top. I think a lot of the stuff that government does that people are like, no, we need government to do all of this stuff, doesn't, half of it doesn't actually need to be done. Right. First of all, and then the other half of it can be done voluntarily with private, you know, organizations or people, you know, like we can get the roads paved. We can take care of electricity, water, sewage. We can have justice. I'm real curious to see. And Robert, thank you for the call. We appreciate you. I'm real curious to see what judicial services look like in a free, a truly free market. What does that look like? What are the cooperative agreements? You know, what sorts of uh, industries start incorporating this? What sorts of entrepreneurs step forward and say, hey, I've got an idea. Let's try this. I mean, to pretend like the system we have right now, especially in regards to to the judicial system, to pretend that that is an okay system where we have judges who used to be prosecutors who are on the same team as the cops who are arresting people and who are on the same team. Yeah, getting paid by the same people who are paid by stolen money, by the way. By the same people who are, I mean, it's just like everything is so interconnected and to even pretend that that might remotely be a fair system is absolute lunacy. It is, yeah. I mean, like, to even think for a second that that might be fair. Well, the likelihood is even your free market justice service is going to look similar, right? It's going to be like the arbiter or the group of arbiters looking at the, the case scenario between party A and party B, right? Looking at the contract that they had and what the, what was supposed to have been done per the contract and then issuing a ruling yeah right and then and what happens after that point right is the question of what well, how is that ruling enforced right right and if the you know if parties agree to it and nothing needs to happen because like okay i lost i'll i will comply with the ruling of the arbitrator right then no big deal right but if they don't then you're right back to the violence sure but you're still free to address that on an individual basis. Yes. Right? I just don't think it's going to look significantly different. 
Uh, it's going to have different people I mean, sitting Well, no, in the I, I think but, it'll look a lot different. At, first of all, it'll be less expensive. Okay. Second of all, it's going to be more efficient. Sure. Third of all, uh, the, the violence will be reduced. Sure. Because now you don't have the state right. being violent as a result of simply trying to intervene in these justice uh, sure. incidents. But you're it, still going to have Party A and Party B in front of a group of arbitrators. Yeah, but but at the very least, it's, there's not going to be an incentive for cops to arrest people and you know serve these charges or for people to be incarcerated. Right now, right. there is an incentive for more people to be in jail. Yes, Yes. So at the very least, we won't have that, and we will have substantially less people in jail, and I doubt we will have people um, serving time for victimless crimes. Sure. Let's go to more of your calls and thoughts. We've got Jerome calling from South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Trump train! Choo-choo! Greetings and salutations, as my old auto mechanics teacher used to say to us. Hi, Jerome. How uh, are you doing? From time to time. Hey, I just Peace to the to nations. Say, uh, yeah. Hey. Uh, what are you supposed to do when the people that are in charge are corrupt and the people running to replace the people in charge are corrupt? Where does that leave you? And, uh, but that's not the Vote thing harder next time. I want, Maybe we I can fill out a form. Wait. I want to mention something else, too. Wait, okay, so uh, what, what's the question, Jerome? Saw- Wait, hang on, what's the first huh? question? Repeat your first question. Captain wants a shot at it. Are you going? I, I, I got a story about a football player I need to bring up, too, though. Well, well ask you, your question you did ask a question. I assume you wanted an answer to it. Okay. I My question was, you say the people in charge are corrupt. Well, what do you do when the people running to replace the people that are in charge are also corrupt? Oh, that's what an easy that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy game. It's insane to play. The only proper solution is to not play. You got no answer, of course. I'll tell you yeah. my answer. You're going to take your ball and go home. There doesn't need to be anyone in power. No, no, no. Everybody so, takes their ball and goes home simultaneously yeah. and ignores the bastards out of existence. That's yeah. entirely possible. So all of the people in power, we just take them out of power, and then there's yeah. no one to replace them. And, uh, the answer to the your question, Jerome, is get rid of the chair. The chair is the problem, the throne, right? You don't need a king. You don't need a ruler. You don't need a president. Be your own king. Be your own president. That's all everybody needs to do. We decentralize the power to where everybody is president of themselves, and now no one needs to vote anymore. And and a great line from a football movie, Jerome, kill them all, let the paramedics sort them out. Yeah, right. There's a fatalistic viewpoint, if I've ever heard one. But no, I want to talk about Dak Prescott. I saw this story today because I hadn't seen or heard about it. Hang on, Jerome. For those who don't know, Dak Prescott is a football player in the NFL, uh, quarterback for the Cowboys, I believe. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm I'm your friend there, Richard Riggs, asked me, well, what football team do you like? Because he said he likes the Raiders. And I didn't tell him, you know. I was was kind of playing. He's playing hard to get. I've been stewing on this all week. You've been living rent-free inside Jerome's head for weeks. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) I like the Cowboys. But I just heard a story about him on my phone today. He was under sedation for 11 hours because he wanted to get this tattoo on his leg. That has got to be one of the most ignorant damn things I have ever heard in my life. I'm confused. What happened? Wait, why is it ignorant to be sedated for a tattoo? Just man up, man. Yeah, just get the tattoo. Under sedation for 11 hours 
because of procedure where he because he wanted a leg tattoo. I mean, let the guy now, get high for a minute, right? He plays NFL football. No, he's sedated. He's just knocked out. He's dreaming. That's kind of weird. There's a difference between unconscious and sedated. Right. For eleven. When you hours. when you get Novocaine in your mouth for the dentist, you you aren't passed out. They just numb a side of your mouth, okay. right? So sedation could just be they numbed his leg. All right. But that's not something you need to have, okay? When you have to have surgery to save your life or to you know to fix something that's wrong with you, yes, sedation I understand. For a damn tattoo okay. for 11 hours. Why does this even bother you? I agree that it's dumb, but like, yeah, again, like Captain's saying, why do you care? It's why like you, not really yeah. that big of a deal. Like, so, I mean, there's probably thousands of people who get tattoos on a daily basis that are like, hey, can I have some sedation? And they're like, sure. No, that's weak. Hey, look, I'm I just saying, it probably so. happens. It's very why, pusillanimous. What is it about Dak Prescott, the football player, having You're this done that gets your goat? what the problem is. What is it? You only get one life. So, you know, are you mad about the tattoo? Or are you mad about the risk? Life. Hey, when, look, when you're under sedation, anything can happen, and sometimes it's something bad, okay? I mean, yeah. It's something bad. Okay, you could well, die. I think, well, okay, so part of it is... Hours, I've never heard anything like that. Part, That's I, ridiculous. Jerome, I think yeah. part of it is a misunderstanding in the definition of sedation based on the way Captain just clarified it. Right? Do we do yeah. we know if Dak Prescott was unconscious or just numb? Look, for a damn tattoo. I get it, but the no tattoo artists have thing. numbing cream, and if that's I mean, it what happens for sedation, I mean, it would have to go beyond like just like um like a nerve block or something like yeah. that. Like they would sedation. have to be saying like Novocaine, but like when he you get might your have fixed. But he might have just gotten like a couple Why Xanax or something tattoo? like that. You know what I mean? Why do you need a t- why do you need a tattoo? Oh, who cares? It does not need to be justified. Wait, weren't you That's in the military, Jerome? Why do you need a tattoo? Weren't you in the military? Didn't you get a tattoo? Yeah, from Nikki, being why do you need a tattoo? No, I don't I like know. tattoos. I probably spent I like... like Look, I don't like Down tattoos. payment on a house. I don't like Absolutely. Tattoos. I don't like none of that stuff. Okay? Well, then you're free to not I'm get it. Why does somebody that. else getting a tattoo even uh, even because enter your brain? Why does why does it get you? Why does it get your goat? Why does it irritate you so much that somebody why other than you is getting a tattoo life? and was under sedation why? while they got it? Why do you even care? Because this tattoo guy stole his girlfriend back in the 80s. Why would you risk your life for something I, like so, that? So something honestly, I do not think they put him under back. anesthesia for this tattoo. They probably gave him like a Xanax or some sort of benzodiazepine that just made for him feel... Hours. Horse tranquilizer. Yeah, and maybe he just wanted risk, to get high, man. You know? Have you ever done drugs, man? Look, like, also, like, aren't career, you risking your life to play football? He's a football player. No, you risk your, your life every day to get on the life. field. Yeah. I mean, that's Highest a super dangerous position. Too. Yeah, it's a really dangerous sport. <laughs> Don't your career and your life mean anything? I know football's dangerous. I know that. He can quit anytime he wants. He didn't need a damn tattoo. He didn't need that. You don't need that. You don't. You don't need to. Why do you want to tell? Why do you want to tell Dak Prescott that what he can and can't do? Yeah, I have a lot of things. Probably I like don't a millionaire. Need. <laughs> like, what is your problem with somebody doing don't as they please? That, that when you're like that, anything could possibly happen, and sometimes it could be something bad. You could die. Do, do you, you own? Can, any, do you own uh, anything that you don't need, Jerome? I don't have piercings. I don't have tattoos. That's not my that's question. Not do question. you own anything that you don't need? Is there anything Look, superfluous had, in your life? Let me let me just. Turn it's a yes or no question, Jerome. It's a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question, Jerome. I've had a couple of, no question, 
couple of major surgeries. I know what I'm talking about. I didn't okay? ask anything and about I major surgeries. No, all I said is, do you own anything that you don't need? Anything superfluous in your life? Probably not, probably. But that's got nothing to do with doing it. I sure it, does. it absolutely does. No, it doesn't. It absolutely it does. does not. It's, you no you are a hypocrite, Jerome. You're a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite. You were saying that I can have things that I don't need, but Dak Prescott cannot have something he doesn't need based on my judgment on what is necessary and not. I own shoes. I could probably walk around barefoot, but they damn sure don't have to put me under sedation for 11 damn hours. I just don't get why you're so upset. Maybe they should. Well, hey, look, y'all from a different generation. Y'all think different, man. That's what it is. Y'all, I think Jerome needs some sedation. Y'all don't care about yeah. y'all, y'all generation. Y'all don't that care about y'all. Y'all don't 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 care about y'all. you you know, what, what difference does it make to you, okay? It doesn't. So, hey, I, also, I, they they also don't live rent-free in man. my head. I, I also don't care about Dak Prescott. No, I didn't say you should you're care Packers about fan. him, but I'm saying that was, a, that was a ridiculous risk to take over a stupid effing tattoo. Well, that's just okay? like your opinion, man. Thanks for the call, Jerome. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. Who needs them? Name, name the uh, movie that one's from. That's just like your opinion, man. Uh, the Big Lebowski. There you go. Very well. Uh, it's the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. More coming up. We'll talk more about 240,000 people who died waiting for National Health Service. And still to come, our number two story. Wake up and the Lutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Interesting times here at the Free Talk Live studio. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's me, Captain. It's me, Nikki. And me, Rich E. Rich. Uh, We've been talking about this story out of the UK. Or we've been trying to. (laughs) Have we? We've been trying to talk about this story out of the UK. We've been talking about way too many other things. I should make a note about what Jerome talked. Anyway, I'll get back to that. Uh, Dak Prescott and his tattoo. <laughs> I want to be him? sedated. <laughs> Jerome, you're a lot of things. Entertaining is one of them. Occasionally. I, occasionally, yeah. yeah. Uh, out of the UK, almost 240,000 people died in the past two years waiting for National Health Service care. 
Almost, but it's free. Almost a quarter of a million people died in the past two years while waiting for hospital treatment in the NHS. Freedom of information requests made by the Labor Party found that among 35 acute NHS trusts, 30,611 people had died during 2022 while on the waiting list. The 35 trusts represent 25% of the total nationally. Among the three quarters of trusts that did not respond uh, were some of the largest in, in the country. Labor said, uh, that's the Labor Party, said that extrapolating the figures to include all 138 trusts, an estimated 120,695 people died in 2022 while waiting for care. It's a very precise estimate. Oddly specific. (laughs) The previous year was almost as bad with 117,000 patients dying. But we should do that here, right? No. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with the... uh, uh, U.S. healthcare system? The the U.S. subscription, medical subscription service. uh, Because it's not a healthcare system. They just want you to be a subscriber. You're talking about health insurance now, right? Well, uh, yeah. In cooperation with government, health care providers don't, right? They don't provide health care. They provide medical services that, and they're incentivized to gain subscribers. Yeah. So I fix you. I really like um, that New Hampshire doesn't fine people for not having health insurance because that opens up a whole nother market to yeah. health insurance alternatives and different kinds of like actual subscription services that are actually um, a lot better and a lot less expensive. Coming from a healthcare provider, right. I don't work with insurance. I refuse to because all insurance does is screw providers over and I can only see it being worse in the UK. And that's probably it, this to me sounds like a shortage of healthcare providers and of clinics and things like that. Um, well, this is what happens when you nationalize healthcare. Uh, there was a yeah. whole lot of screaming in the last decade or so from the U.S. people. Single payer healthcare. We need to nationalize health. Blah 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 blah. We need what they have in Canada or what they have in this country or that country. And it's like, have you taken a look at how that actually works? Because yeah, and it's not any better this, in Canada. This is what happens when you yeah. do that. And uh, in Canada, they're starting to euthanize people. Right. Yeah. Like that's what it has come to. That's the next stage. Which, and let me be clear, I do think if people want to die, there should be an easy way to do that. Um, But it seems like in Canada, I mean, they're just like really encouraging it. Like, oh, you're a a military vet that has PTSD. Have you thought of killing yourself? Why don't you kill yourself? You're going to be such a burden on this national health (laughs) care system. The best service you can provide your country now is die. They're appealing to their sense of national pride. Yeah. Like, you can help out your fellow Canadian by killing yourself. It's disgusting. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing with old people. And listen, like like I said, if you're old and terminally ill and you're just like, I've lived my life, I've lived a good life, it's time, it's my time, I want to go with peace and dignity. Yeah. I absolutely think that everyone has that right to make that decision. But but I don't think if somebody's like, you know, struggling with mental health issues or PTSD, it should be encouraged. I think it's like, okay, let's try therapy or like literally anything else besides the very first thing. Well, we could euthanize you. As a result of well over a decade of austerity uh, that began during the last labor government following the 2008 global financial crash, the NHS 
has been eviscerated to a point where it cannot provide timely treatment to millions of people. As the trusts were not asked to provide cause of deaths in the Freedom of Information requests, it is unknown how many lives could have been saved had care been provided sooner. There are now a record 7.6 million people on the waiting list in England alone. That's crazy. You mentioned the possibility or probability of a shortage. Uh, With all that money they're collecting in taxes, could could they not build a new facility? Hire more doctors? Well, I, I think the, you know the path. It costs to too the... much to pay the bureaucracy behind it. Oh, okay. And I think that might be it. I don't know what the going rate for any healthcare provider is in um, the UK. I'm probably assume going to assume that you're paid better in the US to be a physician. Okay. But I don't know that for a fact. But I just can't. That that might be a big issue if they're if people aren't being paid enough. I mean, like I'm just going to be honest. It sucks to be a nurse. It sucks to be a doctor. And I can only imagine working under a socialized healthcare system just makes it even more of a disaster. Does it? It there, sounds like it. It sounds like there's they get paid and there's less responsibility because they get paid no matter what. Right. There's no right. incentive to provide they're, they're, actual yeah. health care. There's no incentive for them to do things in a timely fashion. There's no incentive for them to not have a backup of 7.6 million people in England alone. That's what I was saying. With a population of 56 million, mind you, is okay. England's population. So you do the math on that. I was told there'd be no math. I don't, don't want to. But- the NHS is run by devolved administrations in Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland with their waiting lists also at record levels. The homicidal policies put in place by the conservative government under Prime Minister Boring Johnson, sorry, Boris Johnson, during the pandemic resulted in over 230 deaths and contributed massively to the surge in waiting list deaths. The roughly 120,000 waiting list deaths in 2021 and in 2022 is double the 60,000 patients who died in the same situation in 2017 and 2018. So as a result of their pandemic policies, they've actually doubled the number of deaths. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm just, again, if, if it's single payer and they're collecting all that tax money anyway, right, like then, then this is avoidable. Also, because, single payer is such a BS term But no that. one, no one's going to stop them from spending the money, right? right. You build more hospitals, you hire more doctors or however you want to do it, right? And then you tax the citizenry and are they going to complain or they, they're, they're not going to revolt over that? They should, but they won't. Under the NHS Constitution, patients, apparently this is in their own constitution, Okay. the NHS, the National Health Service Constitution, patients should not wait more than 18 weeks for treatment, but this commitment has long been consigned to the scrap heap. Currently, two in five patients wait longer than 18 weeks to receive health care. That's a long wait no matter what. 18 weeks. Yeah. I'm it's sorry. Like I'd be four and a half months. I'd be I'd be all into the, the I'd be all into the gray and black market for my health care at that point. I mean, if I'm, you can afford it. Well, okay, but you're like getting taxed, you know, to, you're getting yeah. you're already getting taxed to pay for this. Sure. One. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, you know, how much do you have left over to pay for real health care? Eighteen weeks. Good question. For what though? Because say, like, if I need to go to the emergency department for whatever reason, I mean, you just show up. Yeah, you might wait there for like six hours, but you can still get treatment, uh, you know, within the next couple of days. So is this for sure? I mean, I just wish this article. cancers. Yeah, like I I just wish this kind of went into more details. A July article in the Sunday Post noted that a person waiting for care in the 
Ayrshire and Oran Trust in Scotland had to wait nearly seven years for their medical needs to be properly addressed. I mean, at that point, it's like... Dude, take a trip to South America. Yeah. Yeah, you need to do some medical tourism. That's what I'm saying. I'd be all about the gray and black market at this point if I needed something. And, you know, they're like, nope, sorry. It's like, no, uh, I'm going to go elsewhere. And even like the seven years thing, I mean, like I need more details on that as well, because I know some people that are living in the United States who, you know, they see their doctor frequently, but the doctor just... Oh, maybe it's anxiety. Oh, maybe you're making it up. And they kind of just blow you're off. Guessing. Like, you know, yeah. they, they do, you know, I, I did a CT and I, you know, ran your labs and I couldn't find anything. So you must be making it up. We don't know what's going on. You're a woman. So, Have you tried losing weight? You're a yeah, hypochondriac. Exactly. So they just like write people off. Have you um, tried calming down? So I'm sure there are people in the United States who like had been begging their doctor for care for seven years. And then yeah. finally they found somebody else who would treat their system or symptoms or yeah. Whatever it is. Well, in the United States, though, if you wanted to, you could just go find another doctor. Exactly. Yeah. So right. even within the the actual health insurance system, right. I mean, whatever health insurance I have, I mean, I state to state, I can choose. I would like to change my primary. Yeah, care like provider. you can change your primary. Um, and like I was saying, with the health insurance alternatives, especially in New Hampshire, I mean, one, you don't need anything at all. You can just. Go to a doctor that's cash pay, or actually any doctor can be cash pay. I mean, they'll they'll take your money. It doesn't matter if right. you have health insurance or not. Um, so it just really opens up to a lot more options of different providers. Right. Because I might not. I don't like my doctor, so I fired her and I hired a new doctor. Right. You know. And and that's the point, I guess, that I want to drive home is that uh, this people call it single payer. This government sponsored uh, health care. Uh, results in this less choice and longer waiting times market inefficiencies yeah it's it's ridiculous in what planet in what universe do you think this is a good idea yeah and i mean like when it comes to being able to set your own prices as a provider like so say i'm a midwife and you know the going rate for midwifery care is say like five thousand dollars and i'm like you know what I don't care if that's what everybody else is charging. I think I, I, I'm not going to take anybody for less than seven thousand dollars. Yeah. So, but if people want, if they like me and they want my care, or if all of the other midwives are full in the area, they might pay seven thousand dollars. And I'm like, I don't care because that's what it's worth for me. Right. So, say if you're a provider and you don't have that option, you're just getting paid what you're getting paid no matter what. If you're super burnt out, you have a really high patient caseload. I, you know what? It's not worth it to do this for $90,000 a year anymore. Like, right. I want to get paid more, but I can't. So I'm going to go join a different industry that will either pay me more or have less stress or whatever. Right. You know, it doesn't really mitigate that sort of burnout of people having the freedom to set their price. The irony is that uh, health care in the United States of America changed. Uh, the incentive used to be correct, and that is that people would get together uh, with uh, like a friendly society, something like that. Uh, they would get together and they would pay a doctor's salary yeah. for a year. And the incentive for the doctor was to make them all healthy. And if they were all healthy, they would get paid. And yeah. they would stop getting paid when they were ill. And this incentivized the doctor to find cures, mm-hmm. not get them on a subscription plan, right? Yeah. 
The irony is that that all changed when doctors got together and lobbied the government to create laws Mm -hmm. that said things like, oh, well, you need to blah, 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 blah. And this is how everything we see today, the whole uh, insanity of what's known as the insurance, the medical insurance industry in the United States. That's how it all came about. The incentive is now on its head. Doctors now only have incentive to get you on a subscription plan to their favorite pharmaceutical company. Yeah, and people are so sick nowadays. Like, it's just normal. And it's well, like everybody's, you know, the government the- and the FDA, they're in the medical industrial complex. They're all in cahoots with each other, right? So we're being fed toxic food, all of the food that's, um, you know, subsidized by the government, like the wheat, like the corn, that's all GMOs. It's all sprayed with glyphosate. All of these things are giving us cancer, giving us IBS, giving us all of these sort of neurological diseases, you know, like all of these things that are making people really, really sick. I mean, like you look at processed foods and it's like red 40 corn syrup, all of this stuff that is super toxic. And then you go to the doctor, they prescribe you more pills that are, huh? Guess what? Toxic. So it's just this like vicious cycle yeah. of people consuming things that are making them sick, and it's just well, it's normal nowadays. That sort of answers the captain's question, right? Who would call for single payer health care? Uh, sick people that can't afford it in the current system. Right. Well, right? that's not my my I don't it, not I, my problem. It's not your fault, but that's why they're calling for it. When's right? the last well, time? No, that's why I don't have health insurance. When's I don't care. the last time the medical industry announced a cure for something? Uh, the COVID vaccine. That wasn't a cure, though. It didn't work. All right. Well, they, they announced it. They didn't announce it as a cure. Okay. I don't know. Polio? Okay, so Maybe. what year was that? I don't like know. 1920? Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know like, the I answer. don't even know. Like, yeah, like I, technology? I no clue, right. That's what a... I'm saying. Like, uh, that's my Erectile point exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, hot girls in bikinis cures that, mostly. Eh, not for everybody, unfortunately. <laughs> well. Uh-oh. <laughs> Speaking from experience. I'm not even going to dive into that. But what I'm saying is technology over the last 100 years has increased, I don't know, by what number of X, what factor of X it has increased. But it's been amazing. And it's going to continue to double and double and redouble the longer time goes on. Why hasn't medical technology kept pace? Uh, Do you know why? Because Because there's no incentive to. There's no incentive to. They want you sick and paying by the month. But not even just that. There was a doctor, and I can't think of his name for the life of me, but he Kevorkian. was a doctor. Was he the cancer guy? Oh, no. No. But he, it was a cancer. It was a doctor that literally cured cancer, with, and it wasn't like, oh, you just go on this vegan diet or whatever. No, he literally like developed a medication that cured cancer. People were coming to his clinic, and this was in the 90s, too. Like This was a while ago. People were coming to his cancer clinic. He was curing people of cancer. He was literally saving people's lives. The, Fed ra- the feds raided his clinic like eight different times. They put him on trial several times. Like They did everything they could to try to get this man in prison for curing cancer and he was trying to spread the word about it and they just kept shutting him down shutting him down shutting him down uh and that you know that's why because when there are people who are like i care more about helping people than i do about money or whatever they either get murdered by the government or they get raided or they get thrown in jail like yep something is fabricated you know even when there are people who you know are don't care about money it doesn't matter yeah. because i know, you know i know i have family members that uh, have participated in what's known as medical tourism 
Okay. Uh, somebody needed uh, some dental work. Uh, it was too expensive. Like even with the the insurance that they had from their employer, uh, the dental work they needed done was too expensive. It was you know outside of whatever they officially cover, and so sure. it was going to be too expensive. Uh, they you know sold a couple of you know household items, took a trip to Mexico, and got it done for uh, like one quarter the price. Uh, and so that happens here in the United States. It okay, yes, and the people who are calling for socialized medicine, right, are living paycheck to paycheck, and you, they suggest that oh no, just take a trip to Peru, right? Yeah, doesn't doesn't resonate, right? Like sure. I can barely afford to go to the grocery store, and you're telling me to get medical coverage. I now have to make it to Peru or wherever. I, like, I understand that the it doesn't, doesn't resonate, resonate with them, but it's well, also because does? it's also because they're being ignorant of what's causing the problem. Well, ignorant, yes, right. but but they don't know, right? Right, and and if we're going to explain it to them, right, there there ought to be a solution for them to wrap their head around, and it needs to it needs to resonate with those that can't afford it. Well. Uh, Again, the information is out there. You know, I can't provide a specific solution to every individual, obviously, sure. but healthcare providers can't, real healthcare providers, right? What bugs me the most about the U.S. healthcare system is the lack of inclusion of natural remedies. Okay. On any level, like all, uh, you know, we'll call within the system doctors. Yeah. Uh, don't uh, use natural remedies as part of their process well and you've already said why because they're not incentivized to do so they're incentivized to get people on prescription well, right. even if you're trying to go to like a chiropractor right or you know like a homeopath or any sort of alternative medicine doctor a lot of that isn't covered by insurance even midwifery care so if you want to have a baby in the hospital that's going to run you fifteen to thirty thousand dollars maybe more if you want to hire a midwife it's definitely under ten grand We've got some callers holding. So. Let's let's get to some of those right now. Uh, let's go to Sally in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Holla at your boy. Hey, uh, oh, it's Squidward. Hey, you know, the yeah, you know the market uh, will be a kind of government, you know, that it's uses aggression. But uh, unlike sexy. democracy, it'll be uh, evolutionarily profitable. And you know, and you want to know what the judicial system will be like in the in the, in the true market? Please well, tell us. It'll Nobody can know, so not even you can know. I, I do. No, I do. It'll, oh, be, it'll, be raw, it'll be raw, unbridled reputation. Nostra my vision Squidward. of the crypto reputation system. Nostra where dumbass. everybody is forced to participate. And it'll it'll even take over uh, the, uh, the... No, actually, force doesn't exist in a free market. So, no, no one would be forced oh, to participate. Say that again? Force. What doesn't exist in a free Force. Force. Yes. Aggression. Coercion. No, you you, uh, you don't control your reputation, though, Captain. Hmm? You don't so control how, your reputation. You liber- but, well, you can have influence on it. Yeah, but if other people have decided, right, they're not forcing sure. you into a reputation system. You just have a reputation. Or you have no what? reputation uh, at all. You- your 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 reputation will be uh, you, well. You don't own your reputation. Number one, it's just like IP. The the market will own it. So I can vol- So as far as the crypto uh, reputation block system, I can just volunteer you into it by just talking yeah, about you. It, it's like having a Yelp so, review for yourself, right? You don't control your own Yelp reviews. All you can yeah. control is the bit of influence yeah. you have on it. So there's no force there. And it'll be to- it'll be totally open if you want to talk. Right. Uh, but again, there's no me. force there. Yeah. 
No, but uh, you have to. So, how do you uh, libertarians deal with the effect of uh, like a utilitarian scenario, like the trolley car, or even pollution? You guys can't even deal with pollution, let alone like children. What are you talking that's, about? That's what, I think he's just like saying random things and rambling and coherent. No. The fact, the fact that pollution is a type of aggression, even though it's it's a microaggression. So even let's stop there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. We'll talk about pollution. We'll talk about pollution. So you are correct. Pollution isn't a microaggression. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Okay. So let's. Okay. Let's that, that's 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 where you guys have issues. It's where there's well, evolutionary so, profitable so, aggression. So help just me. Just like pollution. Help me with pollution. I want to solve this pollution issue. Right. Yeah. Like it was reputation. I barbecue, and the smell of my barbecue yeah. wafts over the fence and pollutes my neighbor's backyard. Yeah. I have. It depends I have a, on your neighbor's reputation and on how damaging uh, that uh, it'll damage your reputation if it'll vegans, damage your reputation. The smell of meat just drives them bananas. Yeah. So if he's a high reputation individual, uh, he will. He will. Uh, he will voice his. Uh, um, dissatisfaction, and uh, if uh, what do I owe him? he can punish you for it. What do I owe and him? And it, it'll be proportional to like what the market thinks as uh, how what this utility you're causing to to uh, what uh, my prime objective is. Okay. So I think the I think the reputation system will converge. It'll actually. So I think value is objective, right? So your reputation will converge. No, value is subjective, what, and we're not going to go over this again. So I reject your premise. Yeah, yeah, you don't even understand subjective because it, it doesn't mean differ from people to people and they make a transaction. That's right. not Haven't we literally gone over this? Yeah, we have. Like, no, we have. That's so why. Yeah. Many yeah. Times. But, and I, but you heard him like, say it. Because he doesn't like, understand it. You he heard him say it. it he's, trying, he he's trying to... All right. That's, that's, that's guys, enough. He's, like he's trying so to... so annoying. He's trying to build his case off of a faulty premise. Right. Yeah. But I reject the premise. We're not doing that. So... We're done. Bye. Let's move right along. Let's go to unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Unscreened caller going once, going twice. All right. Maybe your phone's on mute. I don't know. If you can hear me, give us a call back. Maybe we'll get a better connection. Moving right along, let's go to Dana in Michigan. Dana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hi. Um, Does Scooter, um, does he know you can buy a date? Buy a day? I don't know what that means. Date. Oh, oh! You mean like companionship? Yes. So he doesn't have to call about utilities every <laughs> single Sunday. What is it? Utilitarian. So what, what is evolutionary it? utilitarianism? Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember what so it is. ridiculous! If he would only listen once you guys post the show to what he sounded like, maybe he would just go away. Our Are you offering him a date, Dana? Fire. Pardon me. Are you offering him a date? Yep. Are you kidding? I don't even know what he looks like. And he sounds Probably for the age. best. But you know what? You, so you mentioned if he only listened like after the fact to what he sounds like. I think he might because that's why. No, uh, he's not talking about <laughs> deep. Dana, I suspect really you had more to say. Can you hang on, Dana? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to yeah. put you back on hold. We'll bring you back. It's your boy. <laughs> 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. And we'll get to the heart of the matter of what Dana wanted to talk about. Free Talk Live. 
Depending on, you know, your level of audio engineering expertise, you may refer to those as different things. things, things. It's like panning the camera. It's like panning the camera, yes. What it, what's the word? Oh, midwifery. Yep. Right? Like, it's I like that word. Time. It is. It's funny every time. When I first heard it, I was like, okay, so I'm playing wiffle ball, right? And so, I mean, imagine like the wiffle ball tee with the the wiffle ball, right? The okay. hole, the ball with the holes in it, or whatever. Wiffle ball's gotten better than a tee, and then and then. Well, I'm it's just this is now. this is what I'm imagining, okay. right? Midwifery, right? right? And then you you take a swing at it with the wiffle ball bat, and you miss. Yeah. And somebody took a photo of you while you were midwifery. Midwifery, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's. I, got, I see those wiffle ball matches on uh, social media, and those pitches are good. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, 603-283-6160. Who the heck are you? Nikki. Who are you? Richie Rich. Who am I? The captain. All right. We're we're the people at the show doing the thing. Let's go back to uh, let's go back to Dana, who we were talking to uh, before the break. Uh, I know you had something on your mind. Dana, go ahead. Aside from hooking up yes, Scooter with a I, date. I called. Yes, I called to um, answer a question that Nikki had. She was pondering. Um, UK, well, I was going to say UK, specifically England, the whole of UK, so that's Northern Ireland, uh, Wales, Scotland, and England, but all countries with socialized medicine, they do make far less than American doctors. For the British doctors specifically, on average, so for those people who don't understand averages, there are as many below as above that, you know, make um, more or less. It's 169.5. Pounds? $1,500. But when they retire, they get a very, very generous pension. So I guess you would have to, um, you know, go to uh, a financial advisor, um, you know, or an actuary and figure out, if you figure out the pension in addition to your working years. And what they've been doing, in fact, um, it's so bad in the UK that they have been staging 48-hour strikes. And one of the worst ones just happened last month. At the end of August, they had a three-day holiday, and the doctors, senior, oh, these are senior-level doctors. I forgot to mention that. Okay. So these are not new entrants or mid-level. These are your most senior physicians are making 169.5. Um, but they, like I said, they have generous pensions. But what the generous pension is, what does that include? I don't know. Um, but just know that the cost of living is extremely high. And in, in specifically in, in most places in England, especially London. So, um, but they did, they did a 48-hour strike, and then there was a three-day holiday. So they had no services for anybody going to a hospital. And you know during the holiday, whether it's the U.K. or the U.S., weekends, holidays, those are the biggest high-demand times sure. for emergency services. So they're pretty upset about that. So my comment about all this is for those millennials, and I'm not including any of you guys, but for those, Why not? unless you're, well, unless oh. you're going to be part of this, what I'm about to say, 
So for those millennials and those Gen Z who want socialism, either get another country, buy an island, and go there and practice it yourself, but don't bring it here. Again, they can't even afford groceries. They're not going to be able to buy an island. Yeah, here's here's the thing that I that I like about socialism. It's that uh, everybody who pretends that they want socialism uh, has been and are still free to all get together, put all their money together, and then distribute it amongst themselves evenly. Except they don't do that, and that has never happened. They're frauds. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, and you do have like the people who are like live in communes, but those are typically like hippies living off grid. They want to be, and they're usually anarchist types, like they want to be left alone by the government and they're just doing their own thing and they're pooling their resources. Yeah, and guess what? Uh, but other they're than free that, to do that in, in, in a free market system, but they're yeah. not, not free to do that in a socialist system. Exactly. exactly. And so and that's also different than socialism, right? Where it's like, and I think a lot of socialists think that that's what it would be like oh no it's all gonna be hunky-dory it's really not gonna be um people at the top eat people at the bottom don't eat and it's as simple as that i again i'm not i'm not playing the socialist role here but i think there's a failure uh to put yourself in their shoes right like those gen z gen y millennials who are calling for socialism aren't calling for it because they're socialists they're calling for it because they can't afford it now. And you go like, well, you're not going to be able to eat in a socialist system. They can't eat now. Right. Right. You're not, you're not, that's not a good way to win hearts and minds is to tell them just to, just to just go to, you know, take a medical tourism or find another country or buy your own. They can't afford it. Everyone's broke. Everyone's poor. And this is the only solution being presented to them as viable because part of the cost is then borne by the wealthy. But here's the thing, though. Here's here's the thing, Richie. Then, um, the, and I get what you're saying. Most of them have been indoctrinated. I don't disagree with that. But you know what I detest the most in in men and women is stupidity, not ignorance, because ignorance is just not knowing. But we have too much data and the access to it at our fingertips. These people need to stop pushing it on everyone else. And the first thing I want them to do is turn in your iPhone. Then, I mean, you, then, so, you, then you lose access to all that data that you want them to get access to. And it's also you important to remember that point, they're though. teaching them this in college. Like this is being promoted in the in the schools. And and I and I do get your point with the iPhones because it is, I saw a sticker on a like a MacBook, which is a very expensive laptop, right? And it said F capitalism. <laughs> And it's just the irony behind that because, like, Apple is, like, that's that's capitalism right there. The fact that right. you can even choose between, like, oh, I want to, you know, an Apple or a Lenovo or an whatever. Android. Yeah, whatever. You have that option. That's capitalism. Yeah, so. exactly. but, but you don't get Absolutely. that same option in healthcare, right? They drag no. you to the hospital and then the bill is triple your annual salary. Or more. Or more. Yeah. And they go, like, this is wrong. Right. And no one shows them right. And the only thing they can think of is, well, I don't I can't pay. I don't want to pay. Right. This should be free to me. Mm-hmm. How do I make this free to me? Yeah. Socialism. Well, that's that's the uh, without inventing or innovating. 
uh, an answer to their own problem. That is the only answer they're gravitating towards. That, gotcha. That makes but look some look at a Maslow hierarchy of needs chart, man. Like food is down at the bottom. Yep. There's nowhere, no chance that they're going to get to higher levels of philosophy if they can't afford groceries. Fact. And and I want to speak to one comment Nikki just made, and I agree with you. This is this is being this indoctrination for the most part is happening in college because those kids who aren't in college, you're not hearing it from them. That being said, what really irritates me, Nikki, is I went there, have multiple degrees, but I never assumed what I was being. This is what I don't get. I don't get that they don't get this that they have never even given it a thought. And, and I'm not almost even, I'm not excusing them, but I'm almost not even holding them accountable. It literally doesn't occur to them that they're being lied to in college and they don't even do the research to see if there's another side to something. I mean, also... And this is what I get irritated with the most, that it, they're so stupid they're so dumb about their own stupidity. I well, when to, they already, I, I was just going to say, like, when what they're being fed in schools is validating their already, like, preconceived thoughts. So they already believe in all this stuff. So when they have a professor standing there who's also a millennial, and they're like, yeah, socialism's good. This is your uh, economics class and, you know, lies, lies, lies. They already believe in all that crap. Well, and, So and that's just not, validating them. It's not just that. It's College happens too soon after high school, right? I went I went to college right after high school, and so I went into college with the high school mentality, mm-hmm. right? I am the learner, you are the teacher, mm-hmm. you tell me, right? Right? You tell me, and then I will go memorize, and then I will ace your test. Yeah, right? that's actually right? a I'm great not, point. I'm not going to challenge the teacher because you know, yeah. I don't know. I have saying- zero life experience to to rely upon yeah. to challenge the teacher. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Nikki, um, because I don't want to sound um, patronizing, but Richie, that is probably the most profound thing. Not that you haven't said some other important points if they weren't always followed by the word right. But that being said, um, that is probably the most profound thing you've said. These kids need to go out and live in the real world and work before they go to school. Hey, Dana, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. Let's move right along to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Uh, this is John from Nevada. Hey, John. What are you, uh, how are you listening to us tonight? On the radio? Uh, I'm uh, I'm listening on With F- my ears? FTL, uh, the website for FTL. Okay. All right. Great. And what's on your mind tonight? You're on the air. Yeah, um, I was just calling to uh, wish Ian well tomorrow and to thank, thank you. him, you know, for everything he's done, creating and sustaining Free Talk Live and, and, and for spreading uh, so much good information over the years. And, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, very disappointed that uh, we live under a supposed justice system that doesn't, that doesn't pursue justice, that uh, is... Uh, uh, enforcing unjust laws, and it's it's a travesty what's happened to him. And uh, but I but I wish him well tomorrow. Thank you. I know he appreciates it. Um, he is known to listen to the show while it's going on because well, that's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm certain he has heard 
your words, and I, I know that I appreciate them. I'm sure he does, too. Um, I mean, best case scenario for tomorrow is uh, they sentence him, they release him, they appeal. Right. He gets a new trial on appeal with a much better jury. Right? Like, that's... That's the, you know, that's the best case scenario. That's the best case scenario. Yeah. It, it, it's not good enough, but I wish him the best, uh, you know, that, that can happen. Anything else? Uh, that's it. Hey, Thanks. thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you. Uh, let's move right along to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Good evening. This is Bobby from Florida. Hey, Bobby. You're on Free Talk Live. How are you listening tonight? I'm listening to you guys on Twitch right now. Okay, cool. What's on your mind? Um, well, uh, you guys have gotten into government oversight, and um, uh, and uh, aside from, uh, I love calling when Nikki's on, uh, and, and I love Nikki's Instagram, and like I'm a big Nikki Mark. Um, uh, and there's first when they call, you know, the guy that's not uh, uh, in the know, you know, he's the Mark, you know, he's getting beat up on. Anyways, um, aside from yeah. that. Um, uh, I wanted to get into, um, government oversight. Um, and also the other night, uh, captain, captain, you were talking about, you know, um, like, uh, somebody, you know, trying to start up a little business. And then, you know, I, I started up a, uh, I was 23 and, um, around my neighborhood, um, my buddy, his, uh, grandpa got a, a zero turn lawnmower. And, uh, okay. so, you know, I, I was like, you know, let's think of some ideas, you know, and, and he didn't get it. He, he had one. He didn't get it just for this purpose. And he had one. And so I was figuring ideas how we can make money. So I'm like, all right, all right. So, so I went out and I did all the sales mm-hmm. and I went around to everybody and, and, and a lot of them, they had, uh, you know, their own lawn stores and stuff, but I told them whatever, whatever paying you, we'll, we'll, we'll do it for half. With a rat, and so we we uh, immediately not immediately but within a month we had five yards to do. Okay, and then within the next four weeks, um, uh, you know we're, we're starting to pick up and more starting to get around a little bit. And guess who visits us? Code enforcement. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. Um, I was going to guess the government if you gave us a chance to guess. Yeah, what are these guys? And, and, and this is that time I'm pretty much destitute. I have no other job to work. You know, I mean, I can go, you know, work at the state shake for, you know, $3 an hour. But at this time, you know, what, what else could you do? So we went and did that. And uh, code enforcer comes around and uh, show me your paper, show me your paper. Yeah. And they were asking for, oh, so uh, what are you guys doing out here? And said, uh, well, well, obviously, you know, we're cutting grass. And then, and, and, and then they had one guy, he was, he started, nowadays they, they start doing video. Mm-hmm. So they had a guy doing a video, like, I don't know, what are they making, you know, some uh, super awesome, you know, video for the government website or something, you know. And so they had some guy taking video and. And, uh, you know, and anyways, I mean, just every opportunity, every little thing, every step of the way, they're just trying to step on your neck. Yep. And I, I love listening to you guys, and I know you guys cover all these topics and stuff, but that's just a little piece of what I mean, aside from what happened to Ian and you guys and the Crypto 6, and I mean, that's just a little piece of the of the boot that I got around my neck. I mean, it's just, you know. You crazy. make a really yeah. good point, and that is to say, uh, you know, in the spirit of, uh, what's the movie, the guy Fox? Uh, D for Vendetta. D for Vendetta. Uh, uh, you, in this particular instance, are Ian Freeman. 
I am Ian Freeman. You all are Ian Freeman. This attack of the government against uh, Free Talk Live, the studio, against Ian as an activist, uh, as a an advocate, if you will, a spokesperson for freedom, uh, is an attack against all of us. It's not just an attack against him. He's bearing the brunt of the attack, of course. But uh, with regards to your story, we are all indeed Ian Freeman in one way or another. When the government attacks us, the best possible thing you can do, uh, the only thing you can do, is mitigate the damage. There is no, there is no real. I mean, unless you want to die, right? Unless you have a death where you're willing to die uh, on your hill, the best you can possibly hope for is to mitigate the damage. Thank, thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate you. There's, cur- there's currently no winning, uh, and as the quote goes, right when the government uh, boot is on your throat, whether it's the left boot or the right boot, matters little. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move right along. We've got uh, Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I got a couple different things to bring up. But first one is this uh, European healthcare system and whatnot. And if we indeed had it, well, if we indeed had it, I'd probably be dead right now. Really? Last week, yeah. Well, last week I went into uh, a clinic because I mean I I don't go to the doctor unless I f- figure I'm dying, and I figured I was dying, so I went to the clinic, and they saw some serious warning signs. They didn't even want me to drive to the hospital. They wanted to call me an ambulance, and I says, no, I think for eight hundred and fifty bucks I can probably drive ten miles. Okay. But, you know, I didn't I didn't tell them that, or they wouldn't have let me go. <laughs> right. But anyway, yeah. I get I get to the ER. And uh, they checked me in. I, I had severe sepsis, sepsis. I had poisoning of the blood, bladder infection, gallbladder infection. And uh, they told me two more days, I'd, they probably wouldn't have been able to save me. Wow. So if I'd have had to wait even 18 days, much less 18 weeks, you, you'd be uh, talking to me in your dreams. Yeah. Uh, and that's horrible. Right. Well, and there, there's a presumption that if you went to a doctor in the UK for something that serious, you would likely get some sort of triage as well. Right. Like no, no one's sitting around with a broken leg for 18 weeks before they slap a cast on it. It's more serious medical conditions that don't have an immediate response available that you go like, well, we'll take a look at this later because there's there's nothing we can do for you now. So you'll just wait. It. And and I this article doesn't uh, we haven't gotten into you know the breadth of it. It's a pretty long article. I will post it to our social media site so that everybody can read it. Uh, so if you follow us on any social media, uh, you'll be able to find a link to it. Uh, but yeah, there's an assumption that there's some sort of you know triage emergency care, uh, and then like it, it seems to me or it feels like you're waiting for specialists. Right. Right. Like there's probably enough you know, uh, intake people to like, you know, okay, you're in the system. We know what your ailment is. You know, we've got you to a point where you're not dying. Now we need to get yeah. you some scans or some uh, specialist to look at this or, you know, put you through a certain barrage of tests to we narrow down the thing. Right. Your back is malignant. Right. It'll uh, be 18 weeks. Right. That's my assumption. I don't know, though. But I even don't with know. certain things, I mean, even if it's like right this second, it's not urgent. 
if you have to wait 18 weeks, I mean, things can really change and rapidly develop. So what if they think, oh, it's just a routine thing. We're just going to, you know, give you a scan eventually. And you have like stage four cancer already. I mean, that sort of thing, you know, if you're able to get in for imaging sooner rather than later. Yeah, but they're not going to treat stage four cancer at the emergency room. No, but I mean, the initial imaging might be done there for diagnostic reasons. That's fair. I just, uh, while you were talking, I just sort of scanned through this article to see if they, uh, you know, gave any more detail. Uh, the only thing that I found worthy of note is uh, this sentence. Uh, Labor, that's the, the party, uh, is fully behind the looting operation underway to fund NATO's war against Russia as vital financial resources are diverted away from the NHS Education, housing, and welfare spent. Of course, it's just like the U.S., yep. right? There's always money for war. There's never money for anything else. Yeah. All right, what was, your, right, what was yeah. your other thing, Major? Well, the other thing is I think you guys ought to uh, enact a monthly Minuteman Award. And I, I'm thinking Major of, uh, win every well, month. Oh. Old, old, yeah, well, the, 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 the viability of this is the, whichever caller you think ought to be kicked off the air in a minute or less. Uh, I love that. Oh. <laughs> so this month is Scooter. Yeah. yeah the next much. month is Scooter. Yeah. The following month, month is Scooter. Well, I, yeah. I'm I, thinking back to David. I'm thinking back to David in New Mexico. No. I no. Don't summon him. <laughs> what is wrong oh, with boy. you? Boy. Yeah. Major, you're manifesting. He's probably dead, dude. It's been so long. I mean, he, he might be. Dead. You know, I was I was actually thinking that the other day. Like, is he in jail? Is he deceased? I still to, I still try to clear my mind of any thought of that, just so I don't accidentally manifest it. I mean, <laughs> maybe he actually got a hold of his kids and they're hanging out, getting to know each other, and I having go, a good time every time. I, go, oh, like, I hope so. I hope he's living right? his best life. You guys and go, he's go to the healing. dark thing no, right away. No, like, I go. I know. mean, we're being realistic. I think to myself, I go. I wonder what happened to David, and then I go, No, I don't, and then I move on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe he finally caught up with Monica M. Zamora and got his uh, John Jacob Jesse Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> Major, thank you for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. We still have to get to our number two story. The number two story. It's coming up. We've got more in store for you. This is Free Talk Live. Final segment. Right, this show flew by today. Yep. Final segment of this Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. Uh, the telephone number is 603-283-6160. We got a couple of callers on hold. We'll get to you momentarily. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Nikki. And Richie Rich. Uh, before we go on, I have to say thank you. I don't have to. I'm going to say thank you to Chris Hartzell. Chris is a gold level amplifier. What does that mean? What is an amplifier? Well, uh, you can find out all about the amplifier program over at amps, 
www.freetalklive.com, AMPS. Uh, becoming an amplifier means that you contribute some amount of money to Free Talk Live for the purposes of advertising, marketing, promoting, and supporting this particular show. And how much does gold give? Uh, gold is 10 bucks. Uh, we only ask for five. That's silver. Gold is 10. There's different levels. It's sort of a Patreon type of setup. So if you visit the page over at amps.freetalklive.com, you can find out what the, the benefits are for each level that, that you give. Uh, and Chris gives uh, double that. He gives 10 bucks a month. And what does he get for that? Well, he gets, first of all, entertainment. If you enjoy this show, if you like the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, the topics, the perspective that we bring from the positions of freedom, peace, prosperity, etc., and so on, uh, then you get that, uh, and you should consider becoming an amplifier. But more importantly, uh, advertising, marketing, promoting, and supporting us gets us on more radio stations, and that's where we have the largest impact we want to spread the ideas of freedom as far and as wide as we can, and becoming an amplifier of this show helps us do that. We're on like 180 radio stations. We could be on 200, 250, 300, not out of the question. It's all up to you. Please visit amps.freetalklive.com, and thank you again to Chris Hartzell. We appreciate you. All right, moving right along. Uh, we should talk about the number two story. The number two story. Because, well, it is definitely the number two story. Like, every now and again, we'll stretch a little bit for the number two story. Not this time. This was no stretch. This was knock it out of the park. Something was stretched. De- well, oh, <laughs> yeah. gosh. definitely, there was no question as to whether or not this would be the number two story. Uh, this from mirror.co.uk. I will say this. It's amazing, right? Like, I find these oddities, and sometimes I find them early in the week. Yes. And I go like, ooh, I'm going to save this one mm-hmm. for later. Mm-hmm. And then I see it like repeated on all the other sites throughout the week. Right. So this was a prolific number two story. Wow. It was all I, over the place. It, yeah. I, I all, also, it, all over all the place. place. I also saw this, uh, some version of this story yes. in, in multiple places, and I wasn't surprised when it showed up on your show yeah. prep. It was the, it was the best one. Uh, the headline reads, Delta Plane needed five-hour cleanup after diarrhea horror left passengers disgusted. Disgusting. Delta Flight 194 from Atlanta, Georgia to Barcelona was forced to turn around just two hours into the eight-hour flight after a passenger suffered severe diarrhea while on board. That's what happens when those stewardesses get, like, fascistic with that seatbelt sign, man. Mm -hmm. Just let the dude go to the bathroom, and we could have avoided all of this. And, you know, also, they used to serve, you know, real food on airplanes, and now you just have to eat at, like, the food court. In yep. the airport, or before you get to the airport, and hope that you know you don't get hungry Something's on your open. on your yeah. eight hour flight or whatever, right? Because maybe that's better though they'll, they'll, if they aren't eating. They'll serve you some. The they'll serve yeah. you lots of carbs. They'll Eat serve less. you like pretzels, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. But very rarely do they serve you a full meal. Uh, at any rate, uh, it was forced to turn around just two hours after taking off. This was eating Burger King for breakfast because that was open at the gate. Yeah. And uh, it required an intensive five-hour cleanup operation, which saw the carpet completely torn up and replaced. (laughs) The Delta flight was en route uh, from Atlanta to Barcelona when it had to make the decision to turn around after a passenger suffered suffered diarrhea, quote, all through the plane, unquote. Imagine being that guy. That sucks. Like, that's embarrassing. (laughs) You're forever known as the diarrhea guy. Yeah. 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 
Who would you rather be, like the diarrhea guy or that his guy only, is a real chick? His only recourse, if oh, he doesn't no. have... At least she was hot. I he, doubt this guy's hot. If he, <laughs> if he didn't have a career, you know, as of this, his only recourse now is to write a book about this. Okay. Right, because that's yeah. the only way he's going to make any money. How I delayed everyone on their way to Barcelona. Yeah, and then hopefully somebody makes a movie out of it, right? Trauma, Tom Hanks. Trauma Productions. Okay. Trauma Villain. Trauma? Trauma, yeah, thank you. Okay. Toxic Avenger, new one's coming out. Well, I mean, you know, okay. here, here's a good scene for there it. There you go. Just sharing. An audio recording suggests flight crew claimed there was a medical issue on board. Gross images from inside the cabin showed the mess in the middle of the aisle with dozens of passengers nearby abandoning their seats. Abandoning. Where are you going to go? That's the thing. Like, you're on an airplane. Where? Yeah, where are you going to go? You're going to go into the aisle and slosh that mess? Like, I mean... Squish, squish. There's a reason why the term explosive diarrhea exists. Yes. Right? Because it's not just regular. It's explosive. Yeah, that's the pressure. The PSI. <laughs> Look at all that PSI. Sorry, taking guar lyrics. <laughs> Putting them on Free Talk Live. Passengers said staff used a vanilla-scented disinfectant <laughs> spray as they journeyed back to Atlanta, but one passenger no. said it really just made things worse. It always does. That's why I don't spray in the bathroom. It always does. It's they like, oh, good, it. now it's just poop they with, have these- like, Hawaiian mist sprayed over it. They have these photos, and they're... There's a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? Oh, God. They're not the clearest photos, but it says uh, paper towels were put down in an attempt to disguise the excrement. Flight crew attempted to cover the smell with vanilla-scented disinfectant. You know, I used to work with a CNA at the nursing home that carried... Um, a bottle of fabric softener mixed with water. So she made her own like okay. room spray sort of thing. Yeah. And she was like, this is the Febreze. best thing. Right, yeah. Yeah. And there were times where this was, you know, after the COVID thing, we had the masks, right? And what we would do is we would do a toothpaste mustache. If it was a really stinky, you know, situation that we had okay. to take care of. Yeah. And you'd take some of the toothpaste and you'd, do a mustache, yep. and then you'd put your mask oh, yeah. back on, and it would kind of now you're mask it mint. a little bit. Yes. But yeah, and those are the two things that only worked. Nothing else you try to mask that sort of smell is going to work. This reminds me of the old pot smokers trick, where they would take fabric softener sheets, yeah, stuff, rub them, them, yeah. stuff them inside of an empty paper towel yeah. or toilet paper yeah. roll, and then they would smoke the joint or the bowl or whatever, yeah. and they would exhale their smoke through the toilet paper oh, roll, okay. mm-hmm. disguising the, the scent sploof. of marijuana with the scent of of the fabric softener, the okay. bouncer, or whatever, yeah. you know, snuggle or whatever the hell Oh, it was. I did that in seventh grade. Yeah. I thought you were going a whole different direction. I thought you could say plague doctor mask, because that was like <laughs> filled with, that thing was filled with like floral arrangements, and that's why it had like uh, the long cone nose. Yeah, no, a much, so a much more ghetto solution okay. yep. to, to that. Yeah, you like smoke problem. your pot out of a can with holes in it, and then uh, yeah, I'm, blow I'm it very into good. the sploof. I'm very good at making that particular pipe. Yep. Give me uh, a paper clip. Or a pin yeah. and a an aluminum can, and I can make you a, a pipe with which to smoke. Yeah, it's of, probably so bad for you. <laughs> the ganja MacGyver over here. Well, you know when when you're you know on a budget yeah. and you grow up Not, poor, yeah. and you discover drugs, you need to make do with what you have. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, innovation. Like I, I'm okay. 13 years old, <laughs> man. What do you expect from me? Yeah. This is the best I can do. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
once they finally touched back down in Atlanta, we're talking about the plane now, the okay. number two story. The number two story. Once they finally touched back down in Atlanta, ground crews went on a cleaning mission to disinfect the plane and clear the plane of any lingering odors. Calling in sick that day. It took them around five hours with crews going so far to tear up and replace the carpeting entirely. I'm a mechanic. What do they got me doing now? However, carpet from the plane. Carpet DM. Carpet. Seize the carpet. <laughs> However, passengers said the plane was even cleaner after this than when they got on board. After a slightly smoother eight hour flight, the plane landed in Barcelona at 510, eight hours behind schedule. There was another plane. I'm sorry. This is written in uh, British English, so it was eight hours behind schedule. Okay. There was there was another airline story, I think this week or last week, where there was vomit seats. Ugh. Like someone had vomited in the seats. And they didn't clean it? No, and passengers were like, I'm not sitting there. And then one well, get off the plane then. And they were kicking people off the plane who didn't want to sit in the vomit-covered seats. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this goes on to say an audio transmission from the flight deck was posted to Twitter oh, that's by an aviation enthusiast. Enthusiast. Well, no, no he was an aviation enthusiast, not a diarrhea enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, and in it, the pilot can be heard saying, quote, this is a biohazard issue. We've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta, unquote. Oh, man. The incident garnered much attention on social media, with plenty of people reporting to either have been on the flight or to have a friend or relative on board. John Hurt was just such a social media user. He wrote, both my wife and I were on the flight. It was a mess. The pilots made the right decision to turn around. The ground crew ripped out the carpet and put in new. Considering the circumstances, the ground crew did a great job. Blah, 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 blah. At least it didn't get on the seatback screen because that would have been explosive. Someone else said, my partner was on that flight. It was pretty bad. It was dribbled down the aisle, smelled horrible. The vanilla disinfectant used on it only made it smell like vanilla ass... The, pi- the pilot's going in, uh, what's the p- parabellum, just to keep it from flowing one way or the other? Oh, gosh. Uh, D went on to say that their flight was met by emergency vehicles and EMTs when they landed, who transported the sick passenger from the plane. Her partner agreed that the plane was cleaner when they got back on at 2 a.m. than it was the first time they got on. I'm not landing, then it's going to slide down toward me. A spokesperson for the airline said, nothing of value. I just, I'm reading through this, you know, it's their standard, blah, 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 blah. We did a thing and we apologize, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's not the airline's fault. Yeah. Theoretically, they acted, you know, they did They did the right thing. All right, let's uh, go to your calls and thoughts. We've got Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes, I will tell you that our governor put a health order where nobody's allowed to carry a gun for next 30 days yeah we uh talked about that extensively on last night's episode of free talk live yeah uh the governor has issued a a health emergency uh and so of course a slate of killings yeah there there have been some some shootings over the last month or so four or five shootings it would be a good idea for people to carry well, cops to are carrying. you and I, yes. So this well, is this is a re- hang on, sir. Okay, this is a result of 
uh, legislation put through during the pandemic that gave these governors this emergency authority to have dictatorial powers similar to what the president has, where they can issue uh, an executive order. Yeah. And so uh, th- this legislation was put in. And so now all anybody in government needs to do, a governor, a mayor, a president, a senator, whatever, is declare a state of emergency. And all of a sudden they have dictatorial powers. So, so. I, I get that there's the downward spiral. Um, one thing I will comment on from what I've heard so far of last night's show, right, is what what she is what she has done with her powers is not something necessarily new insofar as those rules exist elsewhere, right? Like Hawaii, for a long time, you couldn't carry. You could transport to and from the, you know, the gun shop to home, and you can have it for home defense or whatever. Yeah. New York City, yeah. same thing. The laws in those states and those cities are as restrictive as what she's putting in place for 30 days. The problem is... Or at least the difference I see. And like, sure, there might be laws that say in other places that say, oh, it's even more restrictive, but that doesn't right. make it right. I didn't say it was right. But the other thing that uh, that maybe you hasn't crossed your, your, your uh, purview yet was that uh, this includes people who already went through the permit process. Understood. Uh, and if you take a look at the statistics, people who go through the process of obtaining the concealed carry permit have like a point zero 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 one chance of being involved in something nefarious. Yep. No, I got so it. So they've uh, she has effectively created criminals immediately out of already law abiding citizens. But in, in New York and in Hawaii you still have to go through the process. I don't know what the permitting process is, right? To to get the permission to purchase the firearm. Right? You gotta fill out Wait, the forms. You, you, are, you guys are talking about other states that have civilized laws. New Mexico is ranked at number fourth in gun violence. And we just had like two kids get shot in the head of road age rage coming out of that baseball. That's why she's doing it. And another five year old girl still a got poor killed in the head. Yeah. So I mean, how you, is you how like, is taking away okay, here's what she's doing, Sarah. She is saying that uh, if you're a criminal and you're not going to obey the law and you're going to have a gun illegally anyway, I am now going to make it so everybody is a target. She has effectively disarmed everybody, making them all a target. All this is going to do is increase gun violence. That's all it's going to do. How is it going to increase gun violence? How is it going to decrease it? Guns to shoot. How is it going to decrease it? Okay, but as if people are going to follow the rules, criminals are already not following the rules and the laws. Bingo. So this just takes, like as Captain pointed out, this just takes guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens who, like, if there was a shooting, they might be able to either defend themselves or people that are surrounding them. So now you still have criminals. The criminals don't follow the laws. So they're still going to have the guns. They're still going to do these shootings. But now no one else besides the cops is going to have the means to defend themselves. Unless you break the law. Well, Unless you, the yeah. That, well, now if you get caught with a gun, whether criminal or law-abiding citizen, now you're going to be cited. So whether either you're... Yeah, the uh, fine is $5,000, by the way. And you got to get caught. Right. Right, you know, they're going to get caught because they're speeding and running a red light. That's how they catch these people hey, with uh, drugs and hey, Sarah, in the car. Uh, do do spoons and forks make people fat? Yes. No. Oh. No, no, they don't. 
So then, so I got then guns don't kill people. People kill people, right? Yeah, but the attitude towards guns here in New Mexico is out of control. We're, we have a high gun um, suicide rate. We have a high um, road rage um, incidents, and that's why she's doing it. I, I'm in. Well, who manages the roads? Government. Well, and if you have a high road rage incident, uh, man, you better protect yourself out yeah. on the roads. So if if the but government. If the government well, manages the roads, then the government is responsible for all the road rage, right? Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm holding the mother responsible. She was a 20-year-old. What does a 20-year-old get into an altercation with this guy, with the kids in the back? Okay, it's basically kind of like her fault for arguing over she cut somebody off. Probably. Because she knows if she's got kids in the back, they're going to shoot at the car. And two, and one of them got shot in the head, and the other got hurt, or whatever. They cut somebody so, off accidentally, just wave and apologize, and like, my bad, dude. I didn't see you. So I see I you now. If I knew I had kids in the car, I would not argue. Swallow my pride and drive off as fast as I can. Absolutely. And don't argue. Would you speed and yeah. break the law, Sarah, to get away from this crime? I, I don't know about With kids in the car. Fighting. But she got confrontational. She mouthed them off, at, uh, foul words or whatever, and then that's a bad mistake, and now all of her yeah. kids are Dodging shot. So, Sarah, this, this, this thing that your governor has done, and I say your governor uh, because you reside in the state where this governor uh, well, has I, issued this order, the, the thing uh, that she has done, the only thing she has done, is punished everybody for the crimes of a few. Thank you for the call. Moving right along, let's go to this unscreened caller. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, guys. I understand something is happening to Ian tomorrow. I just tuned in. What's up? Yeah, what's your name? Adam. Adam in Canada. Hey, Adam. Oh, in Canada. Thanks for calling, eh? Hey there. Uh, so, yeah, Ian, uh, are you familiar with the events of the Crypto Six? Very. Okay, so his sentencing is tomorrow in oh. Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, and I heard you said he was listening. Yes, uh, he tends to Excellent. listen to you know the shows that he's not on because well you know he's sort of the main guy to oh, correct so, well, us when we strive. I hope he is listening because uh, I wanted to tell you guys I found FTL in 2005 when you guys were still in Florida. Nice. Um, it was just him and Manwich. Yeah. It was uh, a yeah, if you can remember that name. And um, you got I was on a path that was very likely have led me to Antifa or possibly prison as a result of the medication that I was not supposed to be on when I was a kid. I was on a strange path trying to figure out my way through this world as a, as a kid. Uh, joining Antifa is a good way to stay out of prison. 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And you guys turned me into a, a very, very, very upstanding person who is, I, I can't believe, looking back, despite my best intentions, Things would have been disastrous if I didn't encounter these kind of ideas somewhere, somehow. And thank you for everything you've done, Ian, to, to put this forward. I am going to continue your work, whether or not you are here to do it. And I'm sure he would applaud you for saying so. And, and I would tell you that we need more of that. Ian's got apostles. Uh, again, you know, I am Ian Freeman. You are Ian Freeman. We are all Ian Freeman in this particular instance. I am instance. a free man, too. Yes, indeed. And so uh, did you want to say anything else? No. Great luck. Good luck. God we, bless you all. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We must go out and spread the good word of Ian Freeman. It's not so much that. It's about just recognizing that, uh, you know, someone is standing up to the bullies. No, no, I get it. Right? Uh, Ian Freeman happens to be bearing the brunt of that right now, but he's not the first one, and he won't be the last one. The bullies are going to continue to bully. It's just that more people need to recognize who the bully is. Yep. And until that happens, the bully is going to keep bullying. Yeah. So, 
again, if uh, you are able to make it sentencing tomorrow at 10 a.m. at uh, the Concord. What's the address, Stinky? 55 Pleasant Street in Concord, New Hampshire. That's the federal courthouse in Concord, New yep. Hampshire. Concord, not Concord. Right, C-O-N-C-O-R-D. Like the Greeks. Those of you who aren't, yeah, who aren't from this area, they might not know that Concord is spelled like Concord, right? Not C-O-N-C-O-R-D. They pronounce things wrong all over the place around here. Whatever it is, yeah. Yeah. Like Worcester. Well, if you don't like it, you can leave. (laughs) Well, no, I didn't like it, so I moved here. (laughs) Wait, you just want to, you know, give us all grief or what? Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm a wordy dude. You're like Worcestershire. It's the worst Chestershire sauce I've ever had. Worcestershire. 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 Worcester. What's a word? I mean, you know, I know what a war chest is. That's like a chest full of armaments, right? In the Shire. In the Shire. But then to make a sauce out of it, that sounds like it'd be bad for you. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I'm out of stuff. We got like three minutes to kill. Do another headline. <laughs> yeah, right. we got plenty of stuff. Right. Let's do it. All right. Do a short one. Uh, Florida extreme athlete. Transatlantic hamster wheel expedition thwarted by the Coast Guard. I, More that government s- interference. That doesn't sound like a short one. This guy's name is Belushi, too. It's Belushi, oh, okay. B-A-L-U-C-H-I. No, you got to see this thing that he rigged up, though. It, it is. It's a giant floating hamster wheel with a human inside of it. It's, and it's, he's like, I'm going to walk across the Atlantic Ocean. And apparently he's done this before, attempted something similar before. Uh, he pleaded with the Coast Guard to leave him alone during his treks across the sea in his small homemade enclosures. Uh, Ray Why Reza, does the Coast Guard care? Yeah, I like, don't Leave know. this poor guy alone. Maybe he's trying to get to Cuba. <laughs> the, uh, uh, his, latest attempt, his latest attempt to traverse the Atlantic Ocean in what the U.S. Coast Guard has called a hamster wheel of doom. That's a quote from the Coast Guard. Oh my gosh. Culminated in a confrontation in which prosecutors claim he held up a knife and threatened to blow himself up if officers interfered anymore. I'll with his pop voice. this balloon. That's don't take, funny. Don't take another step closer. I'm crossing the Atlantic whether you want me to or not. Anything on this vessel that shouldn't be here? Yes, you. The Coast Guard says uh, its cutter first encountered Belushi on August 26th, about 70 nautical miles east of Tybee Island, Georgia, while making preparations for an offshore hurricane. From the comfort of his hydropod, a homemade enclosure that he hops into and propels over the waves in a running motion similar to a hamster wheel, Belushi professed that he was on his way to London and would not be deterred, according to the Coast Guard's charging document. Can you outrun a Coast Guard boat in a hamster wheel? I doubt it. Let's o- find out. Officers How far informed- away do you have to get before you're not in their jurisdiction anymore? Uh, I don't know what the uh, miles away from the shore is, but there there is a certain point. Yeah, All you got to do is get there next time, man. Officers informed Bellucci that he needed to disembark the vessel onto their small boat since they were terminating his voyage due to it being manifestly unsafe. Leave him alone. Yeah. Who cares? Freedom is the freedom to do unsafe things. That's right. Uh, we're out of time. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of our callers. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Nikki Sunshine. We appreciate you. Thank you to our producer today. If you missed any part of the show, find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace.
you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com